Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have the beginning of the Bloodline Civil War officially. Logan Paul is in the Money in the Bank. CM Punk makes his return. We have Braun Raker versus Seth Rollins on Tuesday night television and your Forbidden Door predictions. That and a whole bunch more tonight to the Man from Ringside podcast. Thank God we don't have Money in the Bank predictions. No, be a fucking four-hour podcast. <laughs> Aaron would be pissed. So ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks. Welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. As always, I am your host, Bill Vakey, a.k.a. Honey Bunches of Oh My God! And sitting directly across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> I didn't know where we were going with that. It's like, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, it is right. It's gonna be a cereal thing. Yeah, right. I'm just, you know, I love my cereal. All good on this side of the fence, just dragging my ass along through the work week. But it's ready to funny. Talk. It's funny if you give Bo like an angle. Oh, he'll run with it. He'll run with yeah, it. So, like, say we're going to go with there's cereal a bunch of cereal bit. ones in the in the in the in the tank. Nice. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. No, shit. All means. I was like I said, I'm just ready to talk a little wrestling and all. The, that lovely note, I'll ask their congregation to bow their heads as I read the, from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside Podcast, volume 313. I feel like ludicrous right there. Chapter 3, verse 14. And the good smart says, hashtag boo the heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the holy trinity of BFR. It is all yours, gentlemen. And out there in Portland, Oregon, making his triumphant return, we have three beers at Coleman. BFR West is in the house. Three one four five zero three. That's next week, my friend. Wait, wait a minute. Wait. Sorry. What episode is this? Three one three. So next episode is three one four. Yes. Okay. You know, for those of you that listen, uh, not in the St. Louis area, that is the St. Louis area code. That's why you see BFR three one four. Sorry, Zach. How you doing out there in Portland, Oregon? Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Good. Uh, actually, uh, use three one four and five zero three because that's the St. Louis and the Portland area code. So, uh, but yeah, you just reminded me of a song that I forgot about. Uh, it's pretty funny. But uh, yeah, no, doing good. Uh, happy to be back. Uh, you said it was hot out there in Portland uh, while we were talking off air. I let's get our weather conversation out of the way. What's it like out there? Uh, it is eighty five and sunny, uh, and. Uh, surprisingly dry based on the weather earlier this week, which is unseasonably rainy. But uh, we're now into summer. I'm on vacation starting tomorrow afternoon through the holiday. Uh, I cannot wait. Must be nice. Good for you. We are coming at you from sticky, fucking nasty St. Charles, Missouri, man. It is muggy bad. as fuck. Out. That bad. What are you talking about, that man? Bad. I, I'll never, I'll never understand your Africa, body chemistry. Never, oh, 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 now I understand it. Okay, yeah, okay. It is not that bad. Uh, anyway, I thought it was pretty. I think it's pretty nasty out. But I'll tell you what's not nasty is the state of professional wrestling because mm. we got tons of stuff to talk about this week. I mean, I'm talking tons of fucking stuff. Tell it, Daddy. So without further ado, let's get to that three count. JCB, kick it off. Dealer's choice. 
I don't know. As I say, we we talked about it, and I, I kind of want to talk about it because it was uh, it was not necessarily the the swerve per se, but uh, I'm not sure when the you want to call the bloodline started. Uh, let's say three years ago, 2020, 2021. Now ending in 2023, the official end of the bloodline happening, as far as I'm concerned, on SmackDown Friday night as. Jay finally makes his decision and super kicks the dog shit out of Roman Reigns. Kudos to Roman Reigns on both super kicks. The double super kick where he ran into the Usos, I thought was uh, the a magnificent sell job. And I don't think Roman Reigns gets enough credit for that. I think a lot of the focus is on the Usos as well. It should be, but I think Roman Reigns did play his role well here, trying to play Jimmy and Jay against each other. Jay kind of feeding into what I thought would be something of a swerve where if he did go back to the bloodline, that would be the swerve that nobody would see coming. Jay did amazing as as usual. I think there's big things to come for Jay if and when they decide to split him off or just have him go on a singles run. He's got mid-card champion written all over him and possible world champion if things start to kind of fall into into place. Nobody thought in 2020 when we started the pandemic that Jay Uso would be where he is right now, and I think he's a, a major player in this whole bloodline at angle and in WWE overall, but that's another story for another time. I'll let you guys speak on it because I know there's a, a lot to talk about, but go ahead. No less a legend than Bubba Ray Dudley calling the Usos the greatest WWE tag team of all time this week. Uh, he talks a lot about wrestling, so I don't know. You can take that with a grain of salt, I guess. But, I mean, he is an, he is an expert in great WWE tag teams, at least over WWE tag teams. If it's been three runs, three years of the bloodline, it was a tremendous three years. They were compelling the entire time. They never got boring. Zach, what do you think about the, I guess, the end of the bloodline, but also where we're going now? Because obviously the story is far from done. Yeah, what an absolutely fantastic angle. That's just really well executed. All these are just like such slow burns. And man, uh, Jay Uso had me in the first half. Not gonna lie, uh, that was just perfectly executed. Um, the super kick, and like Jason said, Roman sold so hard, really like brought the thing home. And uh, yeah, big pop. It's exactly kind of how we predicted, but predictable is not always bad, especially whenever the way that they get there is very dramatic and they give you some twists and turns. But uh, yeah, excellent angle. Like SmackDown is like must see wrestling television which there's so much wrestling tv and for wwe smackdown remember like when we started this thing like that was absolutely not the case and probably for the first 80 percent of the podcast it was not the case but i have to watch smackdown every week you could say that for 80 percent of the time we've been doing this podcast it was Total dog shit and completely skippable. Uh, I mean, how well history remember the Kane Velasquez era of SmackDown? Um, but <laughs> I, I love this. I loved this angle. I loved this segment. Roman Reigns just operating 
at the peak of his powers. I, I want to say that, uh, you know, there was some chatter online. I, I did a disservice to myself and hopped on wrestling Twitter for a little while. I wish I had more of a stomach for it because, like, the fun stuff of it can be really fun. It's just so fucking negative. But I did – I mean, maybe that makes me sound like a, you know – I don't know, a baby or something, but so be it. I just, it, my mental health, it's just not worth it getting on there too much. It's just too negative. But I did see some chatter about, you know, if you had have to hand out uh, percentages for who the MVP of the whole bloodline would be and who carries the most weight. You know, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of votes for a lot of votes for Jay, and you know, Jimmy's getting some love, even though Jimmy wasn't there at the beginning. Roman Reigns is when Roman Reigns is on TV, it's a much bigger deal than when he's not on TV. It's kind of like a placeholder when he's not on TV. When he's on TV, like you guys gave him a lot of props for selling. Uh, he was, he sold it even, not even the mood, not, not even the move, but when Jay said, you're out, and Roman just starts laughing. Cackling. I mean, that's... <laughs> I was like, God damn! That's some evil fucking laughing. That's like the exact face that you want a guy to make before he gets super kicked twice. You know what I mean? It was it was just so good. He, he really is firing on all cylinders as a character, and... Oh, I mean, props to all of them. Solo Sokoa came in late. So is Solo Sokoa also plays his part really well. You know, facial expressions are great. I know that I, I think that the the acting portion of this might get overstated sometimes. You know, they're not actually going to get Emmys or anything, and they actually don't deserve Emmys or anything. But, like, in terms of wrestling acting, it's pretty good. And Solo Sokoa is right there with his brothers. So... God bless him. What a great fucking angle. And I am very much so <laughs> waiting to see this tag team match at Money in the Bank. If for nothing else to me, it's like a Brock Lesnar match. Like, I just want to see how they book it. I'm just so curious to see what goes on in the ring. Jason. Uh, you kind of stole my thunder. That was going to be the spinoff uh, question. What, what did you think about? What, what do we think about what's going to happen for this bloodline civil war. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I mean, I think it's between that Seth and Finn. I'm sure I'm missing uh, Bianca. Uh, I shouldn't say Bianca, but Charlotte and Asuka with uh, Bianca at ringside. I think those are th the three matches that I can think of off the top of my head that I'm really looking forward to. I'm not even talking about money in the bank. I, you know, that that is what it is. And it's a spectacle to itself. I mean, hell, they made a whole show after it. So obviously I'm going to watch that. Um, I'm curious to see if this ultimately leads the Usos back to the tag team titles or what this means for them in particular. Roman, you, we kind of know what's gonna where Roman is going. Solo is the wild card because at some point Solo is going to be like, you know what, I don't need your ass either. It's just the wait and see what's going to happen. To me, the interesting part about it would be what happens with the Usos, Jay in particular. Like I said, I think at some point if they decide they want to pull a trigger on Jay just saying, hey, you know what, I really want to go. And, you know, this brother to brother, you know, you should be able to have this conversation with your brother. I, I want to go after the U.S. title or the Intercontinental title. Whatever Not just the, the brother. Be. 
They shared a womb. <laughs> okay, more so to my point. If they wanted to write that, a lot of the way we talked about with the Street Profits or whatever, I don't necessarily see want to see the Street Profits break up, but I do like the Motor City Machine Guns and Impact. Both of them have now gone for singles tiles and won singles tiles. Not saying that they, you know, both guys should win it, but it should be, you know, hey, uh, some sort of conversation if, if that's the way they wanted to go, go that route. Outside of that, I think the match itself at uh, Money in the Bank is going to be an amazing spectacle. It should be high drama. I don't know if it's going to be the main event. I don't necessarily think it should be, but it's it's going to be one to watch for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different ways they can go with this, especially with the Money in the Bank developments that happened this week. Um, I'll tell you what, let's – Let's twist it right there. You know, as a professional journalist and podcaster, I'm just going to segue it right into that. So Logan Paul is now an entrant into the Money in the Bank segment. And Zach, I don't know if I was, I don't know if you had anything else to say about the bloodline. If if so, please let's have it. Um, but if not, what do you make of Logan Paul being entered into the Money in the Bank? We're going to talk about the bloodline for like the next six months for sure, at least. So no biggie there. Um, you know, he ain't I don't lying. know what the general consensus is. Tell him when he's lying. <laughs> tell him when he's telling lies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tell him when he's telling lies. <laughs> yes. Fuck. I wouldn't have jumped through that TV and like, God damn it. Shut the fuck up. We'll talk about him, too. Have you guys seen the Bobby Fish meme where he does the promo like the absolute silence where he says, folks where's, where's the, the lie, lie? <laughs> and it's impact god bless him impact should be yeah. just you know totally behind bobby fish that impact zone is like crickets <laughs> crickets <laughs> no i don't want to see that <laughs> oh it's so good yeah. it's a great it's a great meme so that reminded me of that but um i don't know what the general consensus is of logan paul and money at the bank but i'm for it uh logan paul has always elevated every show that he's been on as far as like pay-per-view, whenever he's like wrestling, it's always been a better overall show when he's been on it. Um, so I'm for it. Like he's a very athletic. Um, it's an opportunity for us to see him in a different kind of match, uh, opportunity for him to kind of broaden his horizons as far as like multi-man match. And um, I'm kind of expecting him to outshine some of the guys in there. Jason, what do you think? Um, a little bit of a little bit of surprise that Logan Paul is the guy, even though you did say that you expected a seventh entrant in the men's side, and we got it. It just wasn't who we thought it was. Now that being said, I think, and some people may not like to hear it, and it is what it is. But I think Logan Paul is a a prime candidate for lack of a better term to actually win this whole damn thing we got to remember Logan Paul just got the bag and WWE is not going to give Logan Paul the bag without getting some sort of return on it I'm not familiar with any new slang that happened after November 15th 2022 what does the bag mean he got his big time contract homie oh (laughs) now homie I understand that happened way back when yeah okay all right so he's oh so he's getting paid he is getting paid. Oh, okay. And yeah, I think gotcha. that's something to kind of remember. Obviously, with the fact that he is who he is in the ring and he's had three of the great, greater matches, I won't say greatest, um, 
I can't even call him a celebrity anymore. He's he's kind of transitioned to that. I feel like now more so I expect more from him in this Money in the Bank ladder match. So, you know, for me, it's I always, I'm now the bar has kind of moved up on him. I'm sorry. Damian Priest, L.A. Knight, and Logan Paul, no particular order. Any of those three could win the Money in the Bank, and I would be accepted of that. That's how far I think about Logan Paul. I agree with almost everything you guys said. In fact, I agree with everything you guys said. I am looking forward to Logan Paul being this match. He certainly has the chops for it and the wherewithal and desire to want to impress folks. He is not out here to make some money and and just uh, sit on it, you know, and just not try after that. He is going to give it his all. It makes it makes the Money in the Bank match more intriguing. I don't want to say that it doesn't. It bothered me a little bit when I was watching. I was watching it live. I told you I didn't watch Raw. I probably watched like the first half and then went to bed. But when I was watching it live, I was like, fuck. Because at, at least they didn't do it that night. Because then it would have been a no-brainer. But now they got they only got a week to build up to it. I guess my question is, if you can just come in and, because you're a celebrity, enter yourself into the Money in the Bank match, why do you even need to enter yourself into the Money in the Bank match? Why don't you just show up and ask for a fucking title match? I guess because he, he, you... you he I did. guess be, he lost. Yeah, well, I guess the other... I, I, can't, I can't believe you would talk during my point like that. I was making a really good point, and I haven't even thought about what you just said. That pisses me off. I guess the other reason would be... Um, <laughs> I just didn't want you to go down that road, homie. <laughs> I guess the other reason be, could be you could cash in at any time. Like, you don't have to face somebody who's fresh or anything like that. Okay. All right. So, I just answered my own question. That being said, I still think... Well, I think that he's the favorite now. And I don't think that he's a massive favorite because I think there's a lot of different ways he could go. What I would love to see at the risk of fantasy booking, and I don't want to I, – I hope what doesn't happen is what I mentioned, I think, last week when I said Ellie Knight's getting ready to cash in, the lights go out, and then Bray Wyatt shows up, and then we go back to Bray Wyatt versus Ellie Knight versus SummerSlam. I, I hate that I put that out there. Yeah, you put that shit out there. <laughs> but <laughs> – That joke could come out on Sunday or Saturday but, afternoon. But I, I'm looking for you. Because there are rumors <laughs> of Bray Wyatt coming back. I really think that that would kind of neuter – LA Knight when he is probably peaking at the exact right time to win the money in the bank. Agreed. They tried to make yeah. him a they tried to make him a heel <laughs> and he is the the crowd just isn't having it. The no. crowd is behind well, him. Well, he's a heel but the the crowd is just like it's the it's the NXT crowd. They don't give a fuck. They like who they like and no way around it. So if that means you can LA Knight can, you know, when uh, I just saw something on Instagram it was like when uh Dom and uh, Ray were having their feud, and it was a lead up to, uh, I think it was WrestleMania, and LA Knight was in the back, and he insulted uh, Ray. And even then, the crowd was still with LA Knight. So it's hard for, it's going to be hard to get the fans to buy the fact that he is a heel, even though he does heel shit, because they like him so much. So, Zach, you heard, you listened to the podcast last week, and from from your text messages uh, <laughs> as evidence. 
where do you put the rankings now if you had to? Now, we're going to have our predictions next week, but right now, who would you say is the favorite? You think, do you agree that's Logan Paul, or do you think it's L.A. Knight, or do you think it's Damian Priest? A lot of different ways they could go. Now that Logan Paul's in it, I think he's the favorite just because it's just business, right? Like, if you say Logan Paul wins WWE Money in the Bank, um, that's more clicks. Um, and he's also, I mean, a pretty worthy candidate. Like, on his own, he's also uh, very hateable, um, you know, which is a good trait for a Money in the Bank person to have. He also has history with both Seth Rollins and uh, Roman Reigns. So, I think he's the clear favorite. What if Logan Paul's getting ready to win it? The lights come out and then Bray Wyatt attacks him. Dude, come on, man. What the fuck? Man? I'm just saying, Bray, I'm saying on, Bray, Bray come Wyatt's going to come back. On. I don't want him to come back in LA night. I don't want him to. I'd like to see hot stuff hit at the right time, and I like seeing hot crowds appreciate the person who they I really want LA Knight to win this thing just because I think that the crowd's so behind him. It, that's fun, man. It's fun to see a crowd pop. It's less fun to see a crowd very disappointed in what's happening in front of them. You know what I mean? Um, that being said, it would also be cool if Logan Paul won it. Jay wins the belt from Roman at SummerSlam, and Logan Paul instantly cashes in on Jay. Talk about fucking heel heat. Let me book the territory, motherfuckers. Give me the fucking pencil. No, no, man. I just came up with that. No, I, I'm, I'm, and I, I would give you all kinds of love if it wasn't about if, it, if Cody Rhodes wasn't around. You know, then then I would be like, you know what? That sounds great. But he ain't had a heart attack. He ain't broke his arm or his other leg or whatever the case may be. God, that would be great. And then you have Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Fucking biggest WrestleMania main event of all time. Let me book the territory. Zach, do you think if you had to vote on me being a super wrestling mind or just a really great wrestling mind and you had to choose between the two, where would you be? (laughs) I'm going to go with uh, super great. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. I'm over here dead, man. Let's <laughs> jump up that. to the top of SmackDown. Uh, we both called it last week. Pretty deadly wins the gauntlet match. They'll be facing KO and Sammy. I, I believe it's, in, it's at uh, Money in the Bank, correct? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, they had a nice little backstage segment. Good stuff. To, uh, to kind of build to that. I think that was all bullshit aside. I don't even think they really even need a, a build. All four guys are good, especially pretty deadly as a, a legitimate tag team. Not saying that KO and Sammy ain't, but at this point, they're both legitimate. I think that should be a good ass match. Um, Selena Vega beats EO Sky, whatever. Bailey fucks that shit up, so EO flips an order. Sh- uh, Shotzi and Bailey are going to have a match next week for Bailey's spot in the Money in Bank. I don't expect anything from that. Bianca's still pissed off. She says she's going to be at ringside in the Grayson Waller segment as Charlotte comes out. I still don't see the appeal of Charlotte as a babyface. Maybe that's just me. Like I said last week, just unrelatable. There's nothing about Charlotte that makes me, you know, empathize with her, makes me want to see her as champion. And I'm a Charlotte guy. But to me, that she she is, should never be a babyface. Unless someone shoots Ric Flair, that's when you make her a babyface. Outside of that, there's no way in the world you can, no, you can't, then you can empathize, okay? Outside of that, you can't, do you, can you empathize with Charlotte? I know you don't like Charlotte. She threw the bell and you still call her the C word every given point, huh? Huh? I call her a C word? Yeah. 
Yeah, you did. I was high last week. Yeah, that was last week. Oh, okay, I was high. Okay, uh, no, no, let's not. No, let's not make excuses for it. She's not relatable at all. Bianca is the one that's getting I think horse that's, fuck now. I think that's point. an insult to relatable cunts everywhere. Uh, Zach, <laughs> is there anything, Zach, anything that uh, Jason just said that uh, strikes your fancy that you want to talk about? No, I agree. She is uh, unrelatable. Uh, what about Pretty I Deadly? Where, where are you at on those guys? Oh, awesome. I love that they're actually behind them and they're actually giving wins and uh, – I think that Sammy and Kevin are going to work really well with those guys. Um, absolutely, just so far since they've been on the main roster, it has been perfect. Couldn't that's agree. That's what we want out of NXT. Like, yes. That's, yep. that's what we've always wanted is for them to make stars down there and work on their you know, fundamentals, and then they come up and they become stars. Yeah. That's never what happened before. Yeah, and you know what? Not for nothing either. I mean, Grayson Waller was right there in the middle of Charlotte and Bianca. Like, I mean, that's a guy getting rubbed just from being in that segment also. Um, anything? Kind of rub, I don't know, I was in between the two of them, but, uh, you know. He's heating up! So... <laughs> I don't know how much I don't know how much else that you want to talk about. We we have so much stuff to get to. I don't know how much else you want to talk about in terms of main roster stuff. I know Tommaso Ciampa made his uh, return uh, with a very I thought it was kind of an odd. Well, he he was doing a lot of big smiles, which I, I don't know what he's going for there. Maybe we'll reveal itself. But Miz takes another loss. I I, I don't know when the last time Miz won. But it's nice seeing Tommaso Ciampa yeah, back. Honestly, it doesn't matter because for Miz, he's he's one of the few that wins and losses just don't matter. And you, uh, Miz, Miz, Miz wins every day when he goes home to his $10 million house and fucking supermodel wife. He's heating up. I mean, it, it, where's the lie? Tell him what he's telling lies. Tell him what he's telling lies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we should point out that that is Vice on, on Mike. Vice showed up. I'm going to give him a mic this week, so it's just not the him and the giggle. Him and Jason is the giggle twins just giggling in the background. While all you fine listeners who just, you know, very heroically and faithfully listen to the podcast every week and wonder, what are they laughing about? I bet they're laughing about something really funny. So you can be in on it. I gave Bo a microphone. Bo and I had a great it's father's. Always, Go ahead. If you're, if you're wondering, if you're wondering what they're laughing at, um, it's just always you. <laughs> what the what the fuck, man? God damn! Just catching shrapnel over here. <laughs> okay. What oh. the heck? He's back. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute fucking bullshit. <laughs> Unprofessional bullshit. Let's get to that too, Cam. <laughs> Got a man down. <laughs> two beer. What's the two count? Oh shit. Two, two count is uh, Bernstein Bears and too much AEW. Mm. Um, there is a lot of AEW anymore. We are up to five hours. It is the same amount of time as main roster WWE television. I'm not really saying it's too much, but it is too much for us to cover uh, as in depth as we as we have in the past. So we'll be kind of. Uh, breezing over this situation um hitting the highlights so to speak um there was a highlight on rampage uh or you know rampage is pretty good for for wrestling um we had chaos versus the united empire and uh Takesha versus bandito that's some fun shit um and then there was of course the uh the whole uh mixed trios match which was 
Um, I don't know. It was some variety. But uh, you guys catch Rampage at all? I didn't watch any Rampage at all. Kind of forgot about it with Collision coming up. And I was figuring if I saw Collision and I saw Dynamite and anything super important happened on Rampage, they would have mentioned either one. Obviously, I saw what the matches were. I'm sure there were great matches. I just, like you said, it's just so much fucking wrestling, man. Um, I watched Rampage. Uh, I did like Bandito and uh, Takeshita. I think Takeshita's just presence, I guess, is the word I'm looking for because it's really the first time I'm seeing him regularly is... It's just different, you know what I'm saying? It just, he, he stands out, and I'm really curious to see where this heel run goes, if it's if it stays with BCC, if it doesn't stay with BCC, if, if uh, Don Callis creates his own quote-unquote family. Um, I just hate it for Bandito, and I've, I say it week after week. I just, you know, it's hard for me to watch Bandito, you know, look good in losses, and I was having this conversation on Twitter today, you know, you can look good in losses for, you know, for four, five, six matches. But at some point, we're looking for a dub. And that's what I'm kind of looking for from Bandito at a certain point. Um, but, no, the match was good. Um, Ty, uh, Valkyrie, and uh, Trisha Dora, I thought was a nice women's match as well. I mean, spe- right. speaking of so much – sorry, speaking of so much AEW, though, we still have three hours of AEW before Forbidden Door, and we're doing our fucking podcast on Thursday. Why didn't Tony Khan – Ask us about putting shows on after our podcast, but before the pay-per-view. How come he didn't consult me? Okay, I was just getting ready to say that question. The wrestling journalist. Okay, well, that's going to be the wrestling journalist. Tell him. I don't know. Tony Khan, come find me. Bring your boy Kingston. All right, go go, go ahead. (laughs) I almost killed Jason with that one. Waited until he was taking a big (laughs) swig of that king of beers before I fucking said that. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, we had almost had an equipment issue. <laughs> I, I liked how when I said that you turned away from the from the uh, roadcaster, so you, you're like, I can't spit on that or the computer. I can spit anywhere else. Come here, Reba. Um, sorry, you were saying, Zach. Yeah, uh, I hope you carry a tide pin on you because Eddie Kingston is the kind of guy to bust you open with a can of twisted tea. So you don't want to ruin any turkeys you be wearing. When that finally happens. Oh, man. When did Eddie Kingston just start? When did his persona just become a Tracy Morgan impression? (laughs) (laughs) I don't even like you guys. I like you way more than I like Claudio. (laughs) I'm sick of that Claudio Gattinoli. I don't even respect you guys, but I I respect you a lot more than Claudio Gattinoli. All right, dude. <laughs> like, fucking just act like a fucking professional out there. Anyway, go ahead. All right. So um, the moment finally happened. Uh, we, we can finally uh, talk about him. And, uh, it's what he assumed we were doing the entire time anyway, because his ego is that large. Uh, in fact, this is a return to CM Punk. And in his, this promo, he even said the words, the sheer magnitude of me. Dude. <laughs> I was like, so taken aback by this, uh, which I should not have been. But, um, you know, I, he, we know CM Punk is an excellent uh, promo. Uh, so that 
definitely no cause to uh, you know criticize the quality of his delivery. Um, I was a little confused. It was pretty long. Um, I feel like like at the bill would say you know catching shrapnel, right? You know we're setting up a. a Seemed like the whole thing was directed to be CM Punk versus MJF. We already have an MJF. We have two MJF programs. We have MJF versus Tanahashi. We have MJF versus Adam Cole, both of which um, are logically going to happen before CM Punk versus MJF. So it just feels like that him bringing up MJF just like sucks the heat out of both of those programs. Um, him, you know, getting a sly comment in on the elite is to be expected. I don't know. Uh, what anybody, if anybody thought that was going to be something that didn't happen, um, I mean, I, I would have bet a lot of money that he would have had some comments about the elite. Uh, but, um, you know, mostly just him getting cheered in Chicago. I don't know if he was actively kind of working towards being a heel by just being a prick or if he just like, was just being more of himself and therefore it kind of shown through that he was a prick. Cause remember when he first debuted, he was like ultra baby face. He's just like down on his knees and thanking everybody. And I'm going to lift these young guys up and stuff. And I don't know who the real Phil Brooks is. Maybe he's both. Uh, maybe he fully is both. People are complicated people, but he just, we talked about it before. He comes off as kind of an asshole and he came off as a pretty big asshole in this promo. And I don't know what his future, his future is. If it's not going to be MJF, so what do you guys think? I got to give a little go to my boy uh, Brett from uh, the PSP. Um, he he is hot about CM Punk. I mean, I didn't necessarily like the promo personally. It came off heelish, even though it was in Chicago, and he could have said basically anything in Chicago would have cheered for that, which is a little scary about people, but that's another discussion for another time. I'll just say this. Just the nuts and bolts of what CM Punk said, I think the two things that I came away with is, number one, what's in the bag, and I'm not talking about well, what's in the box is the seven reference, but what's in the bag is the number one question. Okay, so are we doing a brand split? Is this a soft brand split? Are we doing unification? I, look, I'm, I expect... CM Punk to run down his enemies, especially in Chicago. Knock yourself out, buddy. You feel better now? Can we fucking go wrestle or you need to talk some more shit? That's the way I feel about CM Punk. I don't even care what he said about the, you know, I listen to it, but does it make me that angry where I'm just like, no, I can't watch it. I love you, Brett. <laughs> you my brother, but I'm going to soldier through this shit and watch some fucking wrestling after this shit. Number two, like you said, the MJF factor, I think, is well irrelevant. I guess not even relevant. I guess more so of the elite. Is this going, like I said, is to me that's the question. I guess it's just one question. Him bringing this bag out makes me inclined to think that this is the championship that he feels he's never lost. So, like I said, if this is going to be a brand split, a soft brand split, or unification, let's start marching down this road. The fact that he came on and ran down other people isn't a surprise. Leopards don't change their motherfucking spots. The first time he came out, he acted like he was all happy to be back. The second time around, this is who he is. People don't change like that. So, I'm sorry I missed the last 120 seconds. Apparently, 
I'll take care of the kid and I'll make sure that I get the bet the kid to sleep on time by myself. Doesn't include finding binkies. So sorry that my attention was turned away. In terms of CM Punk, I, I apologize. Your turn to bitch him out. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize if anybody else anybody else is ever friendly fire. I apologize if anybody else. CM Punk could use a binky. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, so I apologize that this has already been said, but that was just weak. Like we waited ten months for that, and I don't care if you say that the lawyers because of the lawyers I can't say anything more than that. You shouldn't have to, dude. It's supposed to be poetry, not prose. You're supposed to be able to fucking make... You're supposed to be able to pop me without having to say anything that's just a direct shoot. It didn't stop you from having to work to shoot. That being said, did anybody else think that Damien was in the bag? I was like, is he got a snake in there? Like, what's his fucking... Did you already say that? Shit. No, no. We, no uh, Vice uh, texted me, I guess that was Friday night, and he was like, you know, what's in the bag? Is that Damien in the bag? I'm like, what? what? That, was my, that was my first thought. I was like, who's he's carrying around this bag? It was it was weak as fuck. Um, he said the sheer magnitude of me. I took note of that. He said the king is back, which Ugh, is almost gross. like almost made me wretch. Um, he said I'm gonna do what Joe Strummer taught me. So now he's fucking talking about Joe Strummer, the guitarist from the Clash. You fucking fucking Gen X fucking nerd. Go watch Reality Bites in your fucking hotel room, you fucking nerd. You're going to bring up Joe Strummer? I'm completely disgusted. Um, you know, he's good at delivering promos. That was a weak-ass promo. We wait 10 months for that? For that. The Warriors held him back. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, is he's like, this is a... He, he stressed, like, the wrestling business. Like, he's, like, mm -hmm. this elevated, like, businessman. Yeah, well, uh, it's dollars but, and cents type shit. I was just like, God damn, I want to fucking... See, I kind of took oh, that. What kind of business was he doing? Like, what business was he doing? Taking shots at the elite if they're not allowed to have a program? That's not doing business. I'll Taking shots at MJF is not good for business because that means you have, you're drawing disinterest from your fucking title programs that are already in progress. Like, nothing that he did was business-oriented. It was just punk. -oriented. I'll tell you what. If you're going to... If you're gonna put yourself, and I'm gonna get a little bit off off of my off on my hipster high horse here for a second, but if you're gonna come out there doing promos that have Fugazi lyrics in them, and you're gonna be invoking Joe Strummer's name in your big promo, and you're and but you're gonna tell me that the lawyers held you back from your promo, maybe you're not as punk rock as you think you are. You fucking pussy. Come on, dude. The wrestling business. The wrestling business. Well, go cut a promo then, you fucking... You're the punk. That's your name. You're the one from punk music. You're going to invoke Joe Strummer, and then you're going to say that the lawyers held you back? You fucking bitch. <laughs> fucking bitch. I just... I'm sickened by it. Sickened by it. And I thought he came across pretty good in that Sports Illustrated uh, article about him. He said... That he was worried about Adam Page's professionalism because Adam Page actually chopped him in the teeth during the one during the workers' right prom, workers' rights promo, and that Hangman Page already kind of had a reputation of being a quote unquote crowbar, which means that his shit was really stiff, even though it might not look really stiff. And for CM Punk to come out and say, "Hey, I was worried about his professionalism because I knew he had real beef with me." 
and people calling out CM Punk for that, calling him a baby or a pussy or whatever, it's like that's not really fair because wrestling isn't a fight. You're going to let some dude give you a German suplex. You're going to let some dude, you're going to give over your entire self, physical self to this person, maybe emotional self too in, in some instances. You know, uh, you guys know who I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> I didn't really have anybody in mind when that's I said a, it. That's a legit concern. I, I, I agree. That's a legit concern. Yeah, I don't think that that makes him not tough or anything. And if you're worried about like him, him, him being not tough just makes him not tough, but it's not that. I'll tell you what, I didn't think about it until we were just sitting here because I watched the promo again today. Bo and I watched it live the other night. I watched it again today just to watch it when I wasn't just high out of my mind. And the Joe Strummer thing really stood out. It's like, man, you are, you're a litigious fucking baby. And you're going to come out here talking about Joe Strummer? Oh, God. God. Counterfeit oh. bucks was what stuck, stood out to me. Yeah, that and that kind of popped me for okay, a second. And, that, and that's what I'm saying. To me, and this is just me, I didn't really care what he was saying. I was, I was hearing him. I wasn't listening to him, if that makes sense. Okay? Counterfeit bucks, when that popped up, I was like, oh, that's funny. That's some funny shit. Outside well, you're just of waiting that, for something. Outside of that, I was, I'm like, okay. I'm worried about this bag because the bag feels like this is the angle and we're just not talking about it. two beer kind of. I didn't even think about it like that. But if this is another title or, you know, something along those lines, poor, poor Adam Cole, you know, it feels like he is, you know, I didn't think he's going to beat MJF. But if this is a title that Punk has in this bag, he damn sure ain't beating MJF. Tanahashi ain't going to win. You can just mark that down for me, you know, right now. Tanahashi's losing to MJF. But what? God hey. forbid. Just wait for it. God forbid if there was, you know, a little hope of whispering the win. CM Punk just took that whisper in the wind with bringing this bag back that probably has a world title in it so i mean i, I agree with zach on that one man it, it just felt very self-serving for him to come back <laughs> in chicago say what he needs to say so now you feel you good now motherfucker you good okay the, the, the wolf is coming you feel good now you, the wolf is coming yeah yeah you know what i'm saying so in that scenario but can we move along motherfucker you know I mean, it's like damn. even when you think about punk's biggest moment in WWE, which was the Money in the Bank win over John Cena. That was also in Chicago. <laughs> like I, like mean, I said last week, I'm a, the witness test is when you start getting punk outside of Chicago and see how fans he's gonna react get to his, him then. He is going to get his ass booed oh, well, in Toronto. Do you think so? Door. I do. I don't think so. Zach? Toronto, the Canadians are real nice. He's no Shawn Michaels. No, he's definitely more Brett than he is Shawn. So, okay, maybe, yeah, maybe he will get popped there. It's not like Kojima is someone that Toronto is going to, you know, rally behind over CM Punk. So, yeah, it's a safe pass in Toronto. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't have him, like, fighting, like, Peter Avalon or something just to make sure. Whatever. <laughs> Kojima is at oh, least a man. name. Go ahead, T-Beer. CM Punk uh, versus yeah, the guy in a Vince mask. <laughs> <laughs> Go Vince. <laughs> we'll uh, talk more about Punk uh, in the coming weeks as we get more and more of him. But, uh, 
we did have a title change on the show. Um, uh, defeated Wardlow. Uh, you know, pretty fun, like, big guy match. But the funniest thing and the most impactful thing of the entire match was after the match, Christian Cage basically allowed Luchasaurus to win by grabbing a camera from a dude and bashing Wardlow upside the head with it. And then proceeds to grab the title and celebrate with it. Like he's the champ. Even I, I read it. I read his lips. He even said, "Like I'm the champ. I'm the champ." <laughs> and Luchasaurus put him on his shoulders, and Luchasaurus didn't touch that belt one time. At really, all. so really great Christian stuff. Oh yeah, that's good. That, it I was just, awesome. like I'm sitting here looking after the stunned amazement of watching Wardlow being, I'm not going to say buried, but just cooled off again. Christian was the the highlight of this match post match, hitting the guy with the, hitting Wargo with the camera perfect. But then from that point, as soon as that bell rang, he got in that ring and snatched that title up like it owed him some money. I'm like, God damn! Luchasaurus put him on the shoulders like you said. I'm just like, okay, so is Christian gonna be like the you know? Thanks, well, you know, Luchasaurus, I appreciate you, but I'll, I'll take it from here. I would not be surprised in. Next week, this big announcement coming up from Christian, somehow he becomes the quote-unquote TNT champion. I'll just say this. The second thing I was going to say is, if this was WWE, we would have a serious problem with this. The TNT title itself has been booked poorly. I'll just, Wardlow aside. Yeah, I mean. Poorly booked for a hard year. Yeah, but we're not like – the Intercontinental belt was poorly booked until Gunther got it, and like we've been talking about how good it was. We got we didn't talk about it back then because it didn't matter. The Intercontinental, I, and okay. we don't really talk about the TNT Championship here until it changes hands. And Christian's funny, and how much it's they been bad since it hot shotted back and forth between Sammy Guevara and Scorpio Sky. It's been bad since then. Thank you. Uh, it's one of like. It's one of, you know, like, you get, like, a, a value pack of eggs at Costco. There's, like, 30 of them in there. Like, invariably, one of them's broken. Like, there's, like, 30 fucking belts in AEW. Like, just a fucking broken egg. You don't um, check your eggs before you leave the store with them? I do, but sometimes I'm not always careful whenever I'm loading up the car. The, oh, that's fair. That's fair. I'm usually done by the <laughs> time. I'm just like, fuck this shit. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Uh, uh, so, yeah, go ahead. Anything else to say about no, that? Yeah, no. it really, it really isn't. Um, so we had a uh, return of Andrade El Idolo, um, who defeated Buddy Matthews in a pretty excellent television match with a fun story that actually got me. Um, Andrade's back from a torn pec. Uh, Buddy Matthews has like a knee injury. Uh, Buddy Matthews does a meteora onto, um, Andrade, and then they both sell their respective injuries. And like during the commercial break, they have doctors in each corner, like checking on them. Um, I thought that was pretty fun. I and thought, besides all that, it was an excellent match. Yeah, I thought it was really good too. And that's kind of a that's kind of a dream pairing. Like those, those two dudes can both fucking go, and uh, they left stuff on the table. They could come back to this, and it looks like they're going to because House of Black shows up. I want to say that as much as I like this match. When I was watching this match with Bo and when uh, when I kind of rewatched it today in the background, I was like, man, Excalibur is so good, but 
Kevin Kelly, man, it's that's that's a good gift. Oh, for we didn't even talk about. No, this. that's a good gift yeah. for them getting Kevin Kelly as the play-by-play guy for Collision because Kevin Kelly. They told the story. He kept telling the story about one of them was on one leg and the other one only had one arm, and they were and that's how they were fighting. And it was like, oh man, Kevin Kelly, he's Kevin Kelly's good at what he does. Come on the podcast, between, Kevin Kelly. Come find me. Come find my Twitter. Between Elton John, like the Elton John theme music and the Kevin Kelly, two things that I had no idea were going to happen. I turned on collisions and being like, okay, maybe another rampage. I'm hoping it's not WCW Thunder. Uh, you know, hopefully it's more like Dynamite. And then it started out with Elton John. I'm like, this is fucking rocking. It's so. And then it's so funny how Kevin much money. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, God, it had to be expensive. But, yeah, and then Kevin Kelly is like, we're live. And I was like, Kevin Kelly. Uh, I was so excited uh, for, for that. But it's funny that, like, between Orange Cassidy's music, uh, the Elite's music, and Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, Tony Khan is shelling out the money. <laughs> like, fucking Vince is always just like, hey, just throw a uh, Seven Mary Three, you know, uh, a couple 30 packs of stag and have them write the new theme song for uh, fucking Ryback or something. It's like, it's like, it's like Tony Khan is writing checks for those for that money, man. Hell no, no. You said a 30 pack of stag, man. I'm dead right now. I'll, I'll say this. And, I'm a huge fan of Andrade, have been for a while, and I'm glad I'm good to see him glad to see him back. I think this is ultimately gonna be LFI versus House of Black in some sort of trios match, maybe even for the trios titles. That to, I think that's the long term uh angle I think I see going on. But this physical match itself, I didn't know I, I needed it until and they started to get it on. I was like, Oh yeah, let's get the, <laughs> let's get this shit going. Buddy Matthews is good. I, and like I said, Andrade is, is amazing in the ring as well. I'll also say this, like it is funny to watch wrestling twitter be like hey kevin kelly has he been doing stuff he still sounds like he's like like he's been still announcing wrestling where's he been it's like yeah guys he's the fucking voice of new japan you'd be surprised how people listen to new japan yeah he's the best in the business and people are like ah i wonder where he's been it's like and you you're gonna tell me about wrestling you don't know where kevin kelly's been you don't watch shit uh i uh <laughs> I do think it was really funny. Uh, very apropos that uh, Matthews was telling with me and then Andrade won with a figure eight. That was some fucking funny shit. Yeah, that did not uh, escape my black ass at all. I was like, oh, figure four, that's cute. What? <laughs> Kevin Kelly Kevin Kelly even said he's like, uh, you know, you, you learn you learn from uh, your mentors and your graces. Like, he's like, I think he learned that one a little closer to home. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know, I had a really funny CM Punk joke that I wrote down. I didn't get to say it because we start, I just, it just save slipped it. my mind. Save it. We're yeah, gonna, I'll save it. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, it's a good one. We're going to talk about his ass here in a little bit. Oh, it's a good one. Uh, so there was a, I'm only going to mention this because he's been absent for so long because we're not going to go over every, every detail of the show. But Scorpio Sky video package, um, it is funny how the show is just like bringing people back. Yeah, just yeah, off the milk carton. Uh, I do think it's funny how people think they talk about Scorpio Sky as some like plucky up and comer who, if he just had a, a chance, he could uh, really you know go far. The dude's like forty, right? Like, he's been wrestling for a long, long, long time. Yeah, uh, but he's a good wrestler. So interested to see what happens uh, with him here on uh, Collision as we go forward. You know what Scorpio Sky's biggest problem is? 
it sounds like he is a 21-year-old dental student that goes to SLU that works nights at Diamond Cabaret. His name is Scorpio Sky, <laughs> dude. That is a stripper name. <laughs> Scorpio Sky. Gentlemen, welcome to Stage 8. Coming out here, we have Scorpio Sky. Dude, I'm dead, dog. I'm dead. I, I tried to defend him. Dude, $2 bills at her. I just can't. I can't. I, I would love to defend Scorpio. I just can't at this point. No, I mean, he's he, cool. He, he's been around just, for a good He's been gone for a little too long to where I'd be like, you know, hey, hey, hey. You know, at least they at least said he was the first uh, AEW champion, a tag team champions with uh, Frankie Kazarian. Outside of that, you know, the TNT title ring, like we just kind of, kind of talked about, not necessarily a, uh, a high watermark to say the least. So, <laughs> I'm curious. I'm just not. I'm not hold. I have very low expectations for Scorpio Sky on uh, Collision or in AEW overall. Yeah. Uh, what's next? He's gonna, he's gonna join Top Flight and uh, the Martin brothers. Gonna change his name to Sagittarius Darius. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Uh, Miro, Miro it's better than what I had. Keep going. Oh, no. Miro, Miro stopped turning these. Um, he'll probably be squawking these for a while. Um, and then, uh, oh, man, I meant to send you guys a picture. Uh, this is really funny. I uh, was, I was at a, a grocery store today, and it just had, like, a big-ass display, and it just had four letters and, like, big, um, like, bubble letters, and it just said cake. And so I took a picture of it, and I was going to text you guys that, uh, that's all I saw whenever I watched this match on Collision. <laughs> okay, we cannot fuck this one up. This motherfucker's on fire. We have got to keep... Nobody come anywhere close don't, to the computer. Don't put that out there. <laughs> I'll send it to you, but the joke's going to be ruined. But yeah, there's a lot of cake getting thrown around here. Holy um, shit. Pretty interesting that... Uh, you know, Sky Blue and Will Nightingale defeated, you know, the Outcast. Uh, but Sky Blue had, like, just lost um, a match, like a, a title match, like, on she lost or whatever. Uh, I guess it, was, it feels like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so I don't know where they're going with this, but it was Sky Blue getting a win in their hometown. So. That's where I think we're going with it, number one. And number two, like you said, cake. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. <And> <laughs> The big, uh, the big uh, main event, which was an awesome television match. It was like a half an hour long. CM um, Punk and FTR beat JY, Juice Robinson, and Samoa Joe. Um, it was uh, pretty excellent. You know, like they that was the main event that they had been pushing for the last couple of weeks, and they did a really good job. Um, very fun match. Uh, you know, I think you can go a couple directions with Punk. You can you can have him with Joe. I think it's more likely that they have him with Jay White, which, you know, I have been very, very critical of how they've done Jay White. And uh, somebody uh, presented, like, uh, just their thoughts on it on Reddit. And it kind of, like, talked me off the ledge when it came to that, which was that Jay White is absolutely excellent, but you, you just have to introduce him to the American audience. Uh, and I think 
doing doing it a little more slowly and then inserting him into a feud with somebody as high profile as Punk would be extremely worthwhile because they can both talk. Jay White is just not a guy that can have a nine-minute match on, like, Dynamite or whatever and really get over with the audience. Like, Jay White is a psychological wrestler. He requires, like, longer TV time. He requires longer uh, matches to really kind of do his heel, do his whole shtick, right? Roll out of the ring, argue, um, you know, the whole, he's, a, he's an absolute total package, but he is a real deal storyteller. And he can get it done in 10 minutes or less. But, I mean, he's been working in the main event of New Japan for too long where those guys get 30 minutes baseline. So, um, I don't know. What do you guys think? I just had a thought that, like, maybe Jay White and Roman Reigns are a lot more similar in terms of their wrestling style than anybody would want to admit. Like, Jay White's a lot more athletic, can do a lot more, but, like, Roman Reigns' whole thing is just talking and bitching and talking shit and just being a dick the entire time also. Like, they are kind of similar. Is that a stone thought, Jason? They would have a fantastic match. Yeah, I think it'd be, I think it'd be really fun. Now, I, Put I, it I, in the Thunderdome. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> fuck all that. I, I need to hear <laughs> Let somebody. Let him just talk. <laughs> okay. No, I need to hear the pop. No, I actually, know. I don't. I know, I know. Um, it's not a stone thought until you said it. I, I didn't really think about it because... Obviously, WWE and New Japan very rarely cross paths, but in this scenario, I think it's a, a spot-on comparison. Um, I'll go back to Jay White for 30 seconds. This is the other conversation I was having on Twitter this week where um, I had somebody tag me to say that they felt that Juice Robinson was more charismatic than Jay White right now in AEW, and I almost damn near lost my mind. But... The way you explained it, Zach, I think it's perfect. It's not Jay, – Jay White is much more of a long-term storyteller. It's not going to be so overt like Juice is. Juice is much more of a, you know, you know shout-out to uh, Mike Wallace-Seals. I, I caught that shit on Twitter. Uh, thank you for tw- or, uh, tagging me on that. But if you look at that, I guess, backstage promo – Jay White is is like Biggie to me. He's just like you know, chill out, man. You know, you know, cool your voice down. And fucking Juice is so over the top. It's just like he's funny, but I don't think that equals charismatic. And I think ultimately the biggest problem is like Two Beer said, those who don't watch New Japan don't know who Jay White is. So in some form or fashion. Tony dropped the ball in that scenario because he thinks everybody watches New Japan. And I don't think every he doesn't not everybody watches New Japan. Right. They, Jay White needs to be introduced, unfortunately, to the rest of the AEW masses to make sure we're all on the same page. This is what he's done. I just this think is it's who he's beaten. I think it's as simple as this. Juice Robinson is very charismatic and obviously is a performer and likes getting out there and performing. Jay White's just cooler. Like, you, like Juice Robinson's character isn't cool. He's a fucking freak. He's a psycho. He's, I mean, his name is Rock Hard Juice Robinson. Look, I don't okay. know if I've ever said it. I am completely <laughs> pro. That is such a good name. But, uh. Th- yeah, he's, that he's, he's more charismatic than Jay White is. Uh, you know, that's probably a bit of a problem. It's probably like a language barrier. Like some people don't know what charismatic means. I'm, they're both charismatic. Jay White's cooler. Even if they think that's true, 
we have to kind of look at TK and like Tupier said, this is a problem. They haven't done a good enough job at least setting the foundation for Jay White for ascension. I got to say what, what Zach attributed some guy on Reddit, I pretty much said the exact same thing. I think it was last week, but I'll give Zach the benefit of the doubt because he wasn't here. He was probably listening to it while he was, you know, on the treadmill. But (laughs) (laughs) you know it. Oh shit! He was probably fucking with the buttons or something, like speeding it up, putting the the incline up. Take a drink. Can you just make your point? I don't know why I just took a huge shot at Zach. I'm sorry, dude. Fuck, every time, man, every time I'm taking a drink, you two jokers got something funny to say, and I'm damn near spitting the shit We're out. We're funny, dude. I'm Look, I'm giving you your, your credit, motherfucker. Could you just say the funny shit and then move <laughs> along so I could take drinks and move this shit along? Every time, every time he looks like he's about to spit out his drink, too, it looks like he's trying to swim. He's super scared. Yeah, right. Not real not good at either. You know, hey, true story. True story. In five years, when Endemay learns to swim, I still won't learn. I still won't be able to learn to swim. We'll have to come you. get me in the we'll, deep end. We'll ever teach you. Jason, get the floaties. I can't swim. <laughs> I didn't even know that either. It was just an assumption. <laughs> uh, all right. What's next? Come on. Good assumption. <laughs> uh, next, we, we had uh, Dynamite, which was a pretty fun show. It is definitely, like you said, it's not the go-home show. It's the go-home Dynamite. We got three more hours of AEW before Forbidden Door screwing up our predictions. And, hell, might even be adding to the card. I don't even know. Uh, but uh, kind of main highlights here. uh you know, there was a, a few matches we don't really have to talk a lot about. Uh, you know, the the guns and the Hardys, um, and then of course the fucking what do you call it? The concession stand match, yeah, concession stand brawl. Um, sometimes Memphis, sometimes show. Memphis wrestling is really fun, and then sometimes it's like, oh god, it's, you're having a concession stand match. Joe boy, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> well, come on. Yeah, I love him. Uh, <laughs> okay, so who's you claim him now? I didn't watch the match. <laughs> come on, man. I got I have time yeah, constraints. I <laughs> uh, how many how many wrestlers how many wrestlers did they say by name though? Between the first match with the Guns and the Hardys and then FTR and Punk and Bullet Club Gold come out and probably a couple other people I'm missing. And then they had Briscoe versus Jeff Jarrett. And they had all of Jeff Jarrett's buddies get into the match. There was another schmoz. Like, literally, they probably said they probably said 14 wrestlers by name in the first two segments that were actually involved in a match or involved in the on-screen action. Not like, hey, they're coming up later on tonight. Like, actual people that all were in there. All of Jeff Jarrett's crew. Um Papa Briscoe. Yes, Papa Briscoe, too. I mean, uh, that's new to me because, like I said, I fast-forwarded through it. I I saw the ending. Um, But also, the Guns and the Hardys, that's four. Then you had FTR. Then you had Punk. Then you had Bullet Club Gold. uh, Ethan Page. Jay White came out, too. Jay White came. Well, yeah, Bullet Club Gold. Karen Jarrett. Karen Jarrett also. Well, I mean, that's what I was. That's what I'm saying when I said the whole. You know, I did Jeff see Jarrett Karen Jarrett. I'm talking about Karen Jarrett's crazy ass too. Yeah, it was a lot of. Fun. 
Tony was not fucking around in at least this first hour. He trying to get everybody no. on. No, it was like a two. Oh, no. ni- it was like two nights of WrestleMania on two hours of Dynamite. He was trying to get everybody a paycheck. He's like, "Hey, Cesar Bononi, get, get your, your ass, ass out, out there!" there. <laughs> Her up. On, a, on a scale of one to ten Red Bulls, this is a seven for Tony Khan. Uh, he, yeah. Uh, Excalibur even mentioned the people that were in like the concession stand brawl that they based this off of, and I was like, I need to go watch that match because it was probably good if it was memorable enough to happen in 1979 and they'd do it a show on in 2023. It's got to be better than this shit. Mm. But um, was it Lawler? Was it? Was it? It was not. It was. I I gotta look. I have it pulled up. Actually, I think I have it in my other window of my phone. No, I don't. Uh, anyway. Uh, we'll cut this part out. Sure. Uh, I'll get it in post. <laughs> but uh, then we had a sixth man that was pretty fun, but not a whole lot of substance, uh, but just a fun you know, party match. The Sex Gods with Minoru Suzuki, which is quite the group. Uh, they beat Axman Dreddy, Darius Martin, uh, or Sagittarius Darius from here on out, and A.R. Fox. Um, this was... The it was a fun match, but um, I think the the big thing was uh, post match, uh, you know, calling out um, staying in Darby Allen. I don't remember exactly how they ended up coming out, but they came out and uh, basically said that uh, at Forbidden Door they're going to face them and they're going to have to wait until Collision to find out who their partner is. Um, I'm going to put money on. My favorite trio of all time when it comes back, uh, Shingo Takagi. Okay, that's your guess? I like that guess. I haven't heard that guess yet. I just mouthed the words, mouthed the word Naito to Jason because that's, that's who I thought you were going to say. And Jason shook his head at that. Jason, who do you think it's going to be? I totally agree with Two Beer on this one. It it, it kind of makes a, a little sense. Did where Shingo have a match last Forbidden Door? It's the, it's the same three guys, essentially, if I'm not mistaken. If, uh, uh, Sting, Darby, and Shingo were the uh, were in last year's Forbidden you're Door. Winning, you're wearing your Forbidden Door shirt right now. Is it not on the back? No. They probably didn't announce it till that day or no, something. No, no. I was about to say, it was, it, well, I shouldn't say that. It was a late uh, match add-on to it, so I can't really – I'm 99% sure it was Shingo, Sting, and Darby as – no, I take that back. It was Hiromu. It was, it was, Go no, ahead. It was Shingo, Sting, and Darby uh, because they had, like, this awesome name that I can't remember. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find it. But they had they, it was it was something like you guys keep talking. I'm look I'm looking it up. <laughs> yeah, it was due to uh, that. Dude, dude, I think. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> and that's why Stain was a part of it. Yeah. DWA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they beat the Young Bucks and El Fantasma. That was the match. Okay, so in that scenario, I could totally see Shingo coming in. I think uh, Naito can't do these um, crossover matches because of. CMLL and Triple uh, A and all that other good shit. So in that scenario, as much as you know, we want to see Naido at Forbidden Door. I don't think uh, we might not ever see him at Forbidden Door, which is you know it is what it is. But you know the bad part about wrestling is not everybody can get along. Dudes with attitudes. No, 
also known as Dudes with Attitude with Shingo Takagi. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I, I, I do. There are a few things I want to say about this. There was a really funny moment in the middle of the match where Darius Martin chopped Minoru Suzuki, and Suzuki looked right at the hard camera. <laughs> <laughs> I took both pictures. I'll put them up on Friends of BFR and on, on Twitter. Oh, I took both shit. pictures because it should be a meme. It should be like that uh, that Drake meme where he's like, now, nah, and then he's like, yeah, you know? It should be like that because it's it's just Suzuki looking at the hard camera with no expression and then him smiling. And okay. I, I took both still shots. Up now. You know you don't fucked up. Pretty right? good. Uh, <laughs> another thing I want to say about this match is that I think that AR Fox is the shit. I really, really like him. I thought that he, he every time I watch him in a match, he stands out. I'm like, man, this dude sells like a motherfucker, and he could do a lot of fun stuff. So... I hope there's some good things in the future for him. Uh, the, the last thing I'll say is that Jericho cut a promo at the end. Sting and Darby come out, and they say that you're going to have to wait. I was wrong. The Darby has completely flipped in my mind. I consider him like a very serious person now. I think that I think of him as a main eventer. I think of him as like menacing, kind of. I thought he was really good in this segment, like standing as Sting's. Scotty Pippen as opposed to Sting being his, you know what I mean? And I thought I thought he was really cool when he said you're gonna have to wait till Saturday. I was like, fuck yeah, Darby Allen, good for you. So um I've come around on Darby Allen. I am the biggest Darby Allen mark on the podcast right now, bar none, and nobody can argue with me. Hey everybody, we got some birthdays this week. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say you better start this music up. <laughs> uh, so uh what else is going on, Zach? Um, I'm only gonna mention this segment. Uh hey it does go into something later but it was maybe the dumbest thing i'd ever seen up until that point until i realized that it did come back full circle but tony Giovanni's backstage at rj city and they got a bunch of names in the tumblers and i had no idea what the slide eliminator tournament was apparently it's battle bowl we're very familiar with battle bowl um, if you watch like wcw pre-nwo uh where they pair up uh disparate singles wrestlers and have them wrestle as tag teams in a tournament and shenanigans ensue. Uh, but uh, this segment was just them pulling two names out and Tony Schiavone's like, oh! And then he pulls out another name and he's like, oh! <laughs> Alright, we'll find out next week. And I'm like, why did you even film that? But um, we do find out uh, later on uh we can talk here in, uh, in just a minute. Uh, we did mention the Elite backstage, cutting the promo, and uh, Bill just said it best. Absolutely. Uh, Tracy Morgan comes out in an Eddie Kingston uh, flesh mask and uh, just says, uh, well, I don't trust you guys, and uh, I don't trust anybody, but you know who I do trust is, uh, well, uh, maybe not even my partner, but I'm still going to pick the partner because uh, I hate Claudio more than I hate you guys. And, uh you know, that's just, like, how it's going to be. And he's like, you guys okay with that? And they're like, yeah, that all seems logical. Like, yeah, I mean. They're just, they're just fine with it. Like, I mean, it's like they're Say, oh, the no, motherfucker. They're the elite, and then they're facing an, another elite group of individuals. And they got Eddie Kingston, and then they're obviously going to bring somebody. Like, Eddie Kingston is not a guy that would rely on for many things. Uh, I mean, maybe bringing somebody to a fight, that is one thing that could be relied on. But, like, dude, like, it's, it's a huge match. And they just like, yeah, sure, whatever, Eddie. 
know. He's like, did you hear me, Tina Fey? I hate Claudio. <laughs> Lord Michaels, I hate Claudio. I'm dead right now, man. <laughs> Hell no. Y'all motherfuckers is wild. <laughs> he was even he was even worse during the main event segment. It, it was like he was drunk. It was fucking we it was not good. It was not uh, listen, I know that I have a lot of fun with Eddie Kingston on this show. Uh come find me, buddy. But um like he is at he like I don't know if like I don't like I think I said this before. I don't know if I'm working myself into a shoot. Like if I'm actually hating Eddie Kingston more for the because of the bit, or if I'm actually starting to hate him. But he just he does he seems very indie. <laughs> Zach, any thoughts on that? Uh, I don't know if it's just because that's just like that is like his roots, and he just did that shit for so long, like on the. Like, he's the kind of guy that would just, like, show up to the show and just wrestle in his clothes and just not have anything to change into. Yeah, what was Maybe. He, What was that when he was putting on a shirt at the beginning of that segment? I don't know. He's like, I've been eating a few cheeseburgers. I eat a lot of ice cream. Oh, that's what he said. I eat a lot of ice cream. It's like, okay, dude. I think he just had surgery, so maybe that's it. That's what he said. Okay. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I mean, we can talk about uh, need to segue into that. Uh, so, the the fifth guy is Ishi, which is awesome. Um, the only bummer about this, like, that's an excellent match, and that's going to be very fun. And that's kind of what happens with these collab shows is you tend to get multi man matches. But almost everybody in that match, I want to see in a singles match with other people in that match. Yeah, um, exactly. That's the tough thing. So if they use this to spin off and maybe they bring these guys in, I mean, in some of it, we have seen them in singles matches and stuff, but uh, that's, that's tough. It's going to be a good match, but. Um, but that King, that Kingston Claudio match at Ring of Honor was fucking super cool. So I hope that they return to it, right? Isn't that what we're hoping for? Like, I, it, it's obvious that they're going to because he's still bringing up Claudio. Yeah, and. I think that's part of the reason why ultimately, and they do have real beef. Unlike Punk and the Elite, they can actually do business together and not worry about actually hurting each other. Oh, we'll, we'll see on because they, they, <laughs> we'll see on Sunday. Won't no, we? they've already done it though. Once wasn't I mean that yeah, was the match got, of the yeah, week. That was had, my uh, match of the weekend during WrestleMania weekend. They at obviously that Ring had of Honor that show. Ring of Honor uh, yeah. title match or whatever. I'm, I'm, obviously, I'm partially joking, but. I think a lot of it does come back to it feels like they're, they're going to go back to A. Kingston, Claudio a second time. Maybe he does go over the second time. I don't want if, – if I'll just say this. At some point, I think Eddie could be a world champion. It makes the most sense for him to be the ROH world champion. It would be hard for people to really wrap their heads around him beating a Moxley, MJF, Adam Cole, Bebe guys on that level so in this scenario if you wanted to do it you have all the dots in line to connect it makes sense but for this scenario i didn't necessarily have a problem with him backstage well i'll, I'll take that back that's because you're a, a massive him. tracy morgan fan. <laughs> i am kind of um i did have a problem with him backstage because the elite should be like no nah, motherfucker who you picking you ain't just gonna pick our partner but at the the main events, quote unquote, the final segment, no problem with that. That's Moxley 
and Eddie Kingston, they've got history. We've seen it on screen. You know, if they're going to get in front of each other's faces at the end of the uh, the night, then so be it. I don't have a problem. I with picked it. Tina Fey. Um, <laughs> what, what was ne- what was next, Zach? Um, we can uh, let's see, we can talk about um, <laughs> what was next? Sorry, I went out of order and I kind of screwed up, screwed myself. Uh, uh, Adam Cole, MJF was next. If you wanted to talk about uh, that. Yeah. Uh, Owen Hart brackets are next after that. Cool. So, yeah, uh, Adam Cole, MJF, um, you know, this is a fun uh, back and forth. And, of course, MJF declines the the rematch that Adam Cole wants. And uh, then we find out that they're going to be teammates in Battle Bowl. So there's going to be some shenanigans that ensue there. And then Tanahashi's on the big screen calling on MJF, and then he doesn't do it. Uh, doesn't want to do it, but Adam Cole talks him into it. Uh, kind of the story that Adam Cole is just kind of able to manipulate MJF into these scenarios. But uh, Adam Cole and MJF have really good chemistry. And um, I am happy that Adam Cole didn't just automatically win or automatically lose that title eliminator. I like that it's being dragged out in a longer term. Is it, it makes things more interesting. Is it crazy to think that this turns Adam Cole heel, and they become buddies. I never even thought about that. Like, I, I like, think a, that, re- like that, a really slow. You're going to really have to, you know, come up with a scenario, Mister Fantasy Booker, to make me understand I thought, why. I thought that Adam them Cole. both yelling "Shut up, Shivani," because they both have problems with Shivani, Adam Cole, because he fucks with his, because he flirts with his wife. And MJF because of their thing. I don't know. Like that would be to me, that would be much more interesting. It's like they okay, bond over their hate for Tony Schiavone. Or they, or they just they become a tag team. They're like, hey, maybe we actually work well They're together. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> MJF working well with anyone? Well, he worked well with Cody Rhodes and Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara and Wardlow. So, yeah, there's not, there's not much of a history temporarily. of him working well with somebody. Temporarily. And then all what what happened at the end of the day. It, so all of a sudden, you're going you're to believe wrestling. That, Nobody's still friends. Okay, so why are you going to all of a sudden act like Adam Cole, baby, should be like, yeah, MJF, you're my guy now. Goddamn. Because that's what a heel would do? And because I'm saying he should turn heel? I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm going to say. And even if a heel would turn heel, even if Adam Cole would turn heel, heel looking at the other heel, I don't trust you either, motherfucker. I mean, goddamn, we both going after the title. And especially when you had Sammy Guevara being the heel looking at MJF, you didn't think all of a sudden, if Sammy Guevara was that damn stupid, he would have just laid down, took the money, and ran off and got his motherfucking wife and the baby on the way taken care of. He actually went for the title. That's what heels are supposed to do. At a certain point, you ain't supposed to trust them because they're coming for your shit. Sorry. Ever since I stopped talking, I've been looking at text messages about my golf time on Saturday. You can, look, you can be uh, on that all you want to, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> you hear me? <laughs> you can hear me. What was next? What's next? Zach? Okay. Like, I'm sorry. Robert's just texting and said they kidnapped my mom. He took a picture of her with an apple in her mouth. <laughs> What's next? Uh, next, next, they uh, introduce the uh, Owen Hart bracket. So um, we get 
the announcement that CM Punk's going to be at Forbidden Door uh, by a tiny infographic uh, stating Absolute that he'll be facing Koshi And yeah, so that's, that's, that's Punk's match at Forbidden Door. Uh, so the bracket looks like this. On one side, we got CM Punk and Koshi Kojima. Uh, they're going to face, the winner of that is going to face Samoa Joe, the winner of Samoa Joe versus Roderick Strong. Um, for me, I'm thinking that that's going to be uh, a Punk and Roddy Strong. Uh, I wouldn't say Punk and Joe, but I think they're saving that. I think they're going to tease us with that. Um, and then that'll give Strong a win over Joe, who holds the title, and then they can spin off of that as well. And then on the Even other the side, we got Dustin Rhodes and Powerhouse Hobbs uh, versus the winner of Ricky Starks and Juice Robinson. I think this is where Ricky Starks get his, gets his win back. For, against Juice, and then Hobbs is going to destroy Dustin Rhodes, and then we're going to have um, at the end of the day, I think it's going to be Punk versus Hobbs. That's how it's going to go down. I agree everything up to the Samoa Joe part. I, it's going to be hard for me. You're going to have to show me a, a way that Roddy Strong wins that match. Samoa Joe is white hot. Um, it's because you can't. You don't think you can do a backbreaker on him? <laughs> no, I know that uh, Roddy can do it on on Samoa Joe. I just Roderick not strong enough. Yeah, right. Um, no, just Samoa Joe has just been booked so strongly on uh, Ring of Honor. It would be, it would be a bit of a surprise to see Roddy Strong win that match. That's where I'm going with it. From that point, I agree with you totally. Punk Hobbs, I think, is the uh, the final match, and then from that point. You should go highs, but I wouldn't be surprised to see CM Punk win. Yeah, basically the same as I'm just going to take your last couple sentences there. I don't personally think that Punk needs it. I think this would be a better way to have somebody else win it, but work it into an angle with Punk where somebody costs him or attacks him beforehand. Or, you know, I love a good mystery. I would love to see somebody attack him beforehand, but we don't know who it is, and then we find out somebody else besides Elite. This ain't the NXT part so of they my can, man. So they can, <laughs> so they can, uh, so they can push off the Punk Elite thing. I do think that we need to see the Punk Elite thing at some point. Like, if they're just not going to do it then that is that is laying an egg so big that Zach couldn't crack it put pushing it into a Subaru station wagon. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to hold my breath on that. I'm, I, everybody wants to see it. I just don't think everybody can play nice on their side of the fence to come up with, you know, who's going to win the match. You know what I'm saying? That's, you know, all the nuts and bolts, you know, all that bullshit aside, I do. Who wins that match? <laughs> Another thing we skipped past, though, and I, I just want to get to this before we get too far past like I did with my Sam Punk joke, but uh, it's not even a joke, but MJF saying to Tony Schiavone when they put them together and they had to wrestle as a tag team, and he said, what am I supposed to wrestle every week? Dude, I died. I was like, man, yeah. And then he, th- he said, and then he said, he what are him, you, some kind of sick pervert? <laughs> he called him a pervert. <laughs> 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 he said... <laughs> I'm like, man, this motherfucker's like, going. It wasn't even like a pop. You could just hear the whole, like, arena laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's to me, is what makes him, well, I shouldn't say makes him, but he stands out for that reason. He makes no bones about it. The guy it. has a lot of good lines. That might be my favorite one. Yeah. 
What am I supposed I'm to do? I'm not trying to wrestle, wrestle every, every week, week? motherfucker. <laughs> you, you okay? Nigga, I'm the champ. You get me when I'm ready. To, you know, fuck this little rinky dink, you know, fan called New Japan. I don't even know who Tanahashi is. I would love to hear Dude, Zach's thoughts on us, on us getting worked by MJF calling... Yeah, I got, New got Japan me. and Indy Fed. <laughs> we both got worked. We talked about last week. Zach, did you get worked by that? Uh, no, it was. I thought it was hilarious because I mean, I wanted to talk about that segment so much because in you know anybody uh, of, of this generation is going to be absolutely over the moon if you're told, "Hey, you're in a high profile match with Hiroshi Tanahashi. You're going to wrestle the ace." And, like, I'm sure Maxwell Jacob Friedman was like, that's awesome. I love uh, that so much. Of course. He's a student, then, too, like, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then Renee, Renee busts in, and he's getting looked at, and they're like, uh, you're going to wrestle uh, Tanahashi? He's like, uh, yeah, who? He's like, yeah, uh, hard pass. Like, no. <laughs> he just blows it off. And then he just tells her, he's like, you can leave. <laughs> it was just like there's like nothing not else here for it. you. I'm just like you, motherfucker. Can change your ass right now. That's why I think MJF is a great heel, right there. It was perfect. And then I was like super drunk on Father's Day, uh, and uh, I think I met to you guys at like midnight. Kind of how she's response, uh, which was him just like putting different letters together out of the alphabet. He couldn't remember MJF's name. This is like the perfect response oh my God. to MJF. Um, I, I like that build a lot. And just Tanahashi being the guy, like, yeah, he was the guy last year, but just in one sentence, Tanahashi like made me like believe that he, because he's such a big star, and, and it makes sense that he's in that spot because he is a huge star and he can lose, but like his excuse was, he's like, last year I came this close to beating John Moxley. This year I will win it. And you're just like, yeah, you will, Tanahashi. And in that match, he's gonna make us believe uh, it's it's gonna happen. Like we're gonna, there's gonna be moments where we believe. They don't call him the ace for nothing. No, I, I, right. I think ultimately this is about MJF and and building his. I guess legacy for lack of a better term where you know you you've beaten this guy, this guy, this guy. And even though he doesn't wrestle a lot, a la Roman Reigns, the the hit list for lack of a better term doesn't change the fact that he doesn't wrestle every week and he's beating the top guys. So in that scenario, I just think that this is um something else for him to brag about a month from now, six months from now. You know, maybe a calendar year if it goes that far. I don't think it will, but you get my point. All right. I, I think that we should skip by the Shibata, Orange Cassidy, Daniel Garcia, Zack Sabre Jr. thing because they had a tag team match and we're going to talk about it during predictions. It was just a good match. Yep. Uh, we we can save the, the brackets real quick for uh, the old Owen Hart women's side. So Anna J A S. And Sky Blue, uh, winner of that, will face the winner of Britt Baker and Ruby Soho. Nigga, we all winners uh, that first match. <laughs> <laughs> Who's she facing? That is true. Who's she facing? Anna J versus Sky Blue. Oh, yeah. Holy I knew Anna J. <laughs> I, was saying, I don't even care who wins. Just wrestle 10 minutes, goddammit. Can I holler at you? However, holler at you? however long they go, I'm not going to last. Uh, <laughs> That's better than what I was going to say. 
Uh, Nyla Rose and Willow Nightingale. Winner of that will face the winner of Athena and Billy Stark. Um, hard to discount Britt Baker. Uh, she is the last year's winner, uh, but it might sneak out a win. Ruby Stone might sneak out a win. Um, I think this is Willow Nightingale's tournament. That's my early prediction. Um. I said Sky Blue. I'm going to kind of stick to that, as crazy as it may sound. I think Willow, as the New Japan Strong Champion, it feels like she should be over enough, but that I can see why people say Willow. I don't think Sky Blue is in it for no particular reason, and I'll just say it like that. If she doesn't win, then, you know, so what? I'm not a, if, even if she does win it, I don't think it really makes me look at her any differently. Athena being in this tournament, I think there there's that connection. I just it feels like this might be Sky Blue's tournament to win, and then from that point, I think that, you know you can kind of build her up. But she's lost to both women's champions, and now she's come back on this little run. I think there's something to be said about it. I could be wrong. Uh, I, do I want to step on predictions? I, I have a lot of thoughts about who could win this. Basically, I think the most obvious answer is probably the one you should go with. I think that Athena wins this tournament. Um, I think that's the most obvious. Bullet Nightingale already has a belt. She might have two belts after Sunday night, um, which is what I don't want to step on. But I, th- I think there's a really good chance that she beats Tony Storm. And Britt Breaker Britt Baker don't need it. Don't give me that look. Just wait for predictions. That's why I didn't want to see. I'm going to be thinking about that look for the next hour. What was next? <laughs> if this was poker that had some chips in front of me, I'd be a lot straighter, but unfortunately you got me on that one. What was next, Zach? That's pretty much it for the show. Yeah, well, I guess, yeah, we talked about Ishii and uh, did we Sam talk Ryder about uh, Ty Valkyrie? Um. Yeah, Don Callis and Will Ospreay in the back. Uh, Interesting Daniel, to say the least. Daniel Bryan uh, gets Okada to come out. Okada comes out, goes for the Rainmaker for Bryan Danielson. He rolls out, and Wheeler Yuta ends up taking it. <laughs> oh, good <little> brother! <laughs> becoming even more forged in combat. <laughs> Old Gold Brother was like, no, I'll take this one. Lots, lots more to say about for, Forbidden Door, though, here in the next, uh, you know, few tens of minutes. But without further ado, let's get to that three count. One, two, three. All right. Uh, I know, Jason, you said you watched NXT. I don't know if Zach did. It was worth the watch if you did. Uh, Zach, did you get a chance to watch it? Uh, I will watch it tomorrow. I I've been super busy with work. I'm going on vacation starting tomorrow, so there's basically uh, I I want to see the the Rollins and uh, yeah. There's basically basically two segments that stand out the most from this show. Uh, lots of good stuff in this show, but two segments that stand out the most is obviously Braun Breaker versus Seth Rollins. It takes a couple curb stomps to put Braun Breaker down. Seth Rollins. I mean, got a really good match out of him. He does. He he's not putting on five star clinics, but he is definitely he has a knack for the storytelling of a match. And Braun Breaker also doesn't mind selling like a motherfucker too. He might not be Dolph Ziggler bouncing around, but he definitely <laughs> makes everything look like it hurts. No, I thought this was a, a 
a good pass of the litmus test when it comes for Braun Breaker. I know some people might say he should be on the main roster right now. I don't have a problem with him, with them taking his time to get to the main roster. Royal yeah, Rumble he's set. brand new to wrestling. Yeah, you so, know. I mean, at this point, you know, I'm not saying that Braun hasn't done everything in NXT. He he basically has minus win, you know, the tag team championships, and I don't think that's going to happen. You're not going back to win the NXT uh, North American title either. So at that point, let this play itself out. You bring him up around Royal Rumble time because obviously you've already had the draft, and you start him fresh. Right now, to me, the physical match itself is what I was looking at to see how he would stand up against obviously the world heavyweight champion on Raw and one of the best that you have on the roster, and I thought he did an amazing job. I thought both guys did well. Definitely worth the watch and probably something you might want to put a bookmark on because it might come back around. Definitely could come back around at some point. I mean, the guy gets it. Seth Rollins also put over Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes, after Finn Balor came out to fuck fuck with Seth Rollins after the win, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams were the ones to make the save. Uh, Seth Rollins also had a really nice backstage segment with those two guys, giving Carmelo Hayes tons of props, being like champion to champion, shit like that. Like, very cool to see. And he also talked to Nathan Frazier, who, or Nathan Fraser, who apparently Seth took under his wing a long time ago, and he's kind of... Okay. He, he considers he considers Seth like a mentor. Okay. That now that makes a little more sense. And I kind of figured that, but I just wasn't sure what the the connection yeah, was. They're like boys, and he, like I said, he's like protege to mentor, pretty much. The other segment that I would say you should go seek out and watch, at least before next Tuesday when they have their title match, is Baron Corbin and Carmelo Hayes were tremendous together. Jason, I, I, you know, I can't read your faces anymore. I'm completely thrown <laughs> off. But I will say this, that this is the Baron Corbin that is fun, menacing, believable as a badass. When he said, when he said I'm going to go home, and he said, you made fun of Happy Corbin. Happy Corbin helped me buy a $1.8 million home. So you know what I'm going to do? He's like, I'm going to take your belt. I'm going to come on. I'm gonna come home to my 1.8 million dollar home. My hot ass and my hot ass wife is gonna pour me a shot of bourbon from a bottle you would never even pray to be able to afford. I wish he just said not be able to pronounce, but that's okay too. Hey, that would have been good too, man. Yeah. But that's how much I I agree with you. You like the Corbin. segment yeah. though, right? I didn't. I didn't necessarily like it until it started to get a little a Personal. little worker. A little worky, you know what I'm saying? Now it's like, oh, oh, okay, now we're talking, okay. Credit to Baron Corbin. It's never, he, he's never really felt like a main event guy. And he, when he, he said the main event line, I kind of laughed out loud. I was like, motherfucker, let's, let's, let's slow all that shit down, okay? I get it. That's what the heel's supposed to think. But in reality, you've been kind of a mid-card. You've been thrown up to the main event twice, once or twice, neither here nor there. Credit to uh, Baron Corbin. He, to me... He got one over on Carmelo. So as he left, I'm just like, oh, man, Carmelo, what the fuck? You going to let this motherfucker yeah, talk to you like that? Carmelo, so started, now- <laughs> Carmelo started to respond. Well, he was just like, eh, eh, eh. And Baron Corbin goes, sorry, the lesson is over, and pounded the mic into Carmelo Hayes' chest and it left left to his like, music. Damn. <laughs> it was brilliant. I was like, oh, hell no. I no, know that did. Zach's listening to this being like, actually, that does sound really cool. <laughs> 
it was intriguing. I will say that. It was badass. Um, I guess the other big news here, and we probably should have led with this, is that Eddie Thorpe and Damon Kemp, I mean two household names, are they've been talking about what kind of match they're going to have, and Damon Kemp suggests a Raw Underground match. He says Raw Underground was was fire, and we're bringing it to NXT, and my jaw dropped open. That actually happened. Yeah, that, oh, actually yeah, that actually happened. All the blizzard that was in my mouth, the peanut butter poppy child blizzard just fell out just right <laughs> onto my shirt. I was like, what the fuck are they talking about? Oh, that's going to be a trade rack, dog. I, I, They're bringing Raw Underground back. I, I wonder like, if Dabakato is going to be the uh, the the doorman. doorman. Somehow he should be involved because he was, that was like one of his big claim to fame, if it's not his only claim to fame when it came to uh, – WWE in the main roster, I, I guess Gabe Stevenson is. Oh yeah, the, and then Gabe Stevenson came out and said, "I'll I'll help uh, you." And he it's going to Eddie Thorpe. That to me is the only thing that is even worth watching because if they're going to bring him into this angle, maybe this is the way, way you do it and you make him a, a wrestler, whether it's reoccurring or it's full time. Outside of that, um, Corey Jade and uh, Dana Brooke to me is the only other thing I wanted to talk about. Um, I'm not saying that Dana, well, Dana Brooke, Brooke's the hardest worker. She's such a, such a hard worker. <laughs> and the, oh and the God, fucked she up works part, so hard. Look, I'll just say this for, for a guy that hasn't watched NXT in probably a year plus to see how the NXT crowd was not buying the fact. And I'm not sure if Dana Brooke was hurt or not. I haven't looked delved deep no, into that it. Was, okay. That was a work. Okay. So even more so to my point. They wasn't buying that shit. Didn't give a fuck about Dana Brooke. You can get on this fucking That crowd stretcher. is in the core of Jade. I mean to tell you, that's why I was like, God damn. I mean, you, you realize every show, she's though. the heel, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they go to Disneyland, they watch four shows in a row, they get fed free popcorn. I get that. The crazy part about it is. And I'm not saying right or wrong. You know, boo who you want, cheer for who you want to. I get it. Cora Jade was all heel all day long. And the NXT crowd was behind it. They were singing, nah, 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 hey, hey, goodbye to Dana Brooke. I'm like, damn, what did she do? So before we get our predictions here, the Forbidden Door, the maybe the pay-per-view that we're looking forward to the most all year. Two matches, two dream matches. I think that we should also predict the Raw Underground match between Eddie Thorpe and Damon Okay, Kemp. no, I'll roll with that. I have no idea, but I, I, I got my guess. Go ahead. No, we'll wait till predictions. <laughs> uh, so not, it's going to be a two-prediction NXT card right there? Not a whole lot else. Uh, Wesley fought Tyler Bate. They're telling a very fun story of Mustafa Ali where he is uh, – he's, like, really, really slowly, like, showing his slime ball – but it is very slowly. At, he w- at, he was the star of that show, at, at, star of that match as the guest referee. At first, he was re- counting slow on both guys, and yeah. that's why I was like, okay, <laughs> really if, if you're gonna be if you're gonna be that dude, be that dude to both of these. That's pro wrestling, man. I like. But then, that. as the match went along, he kind of faded into the background, and you had a pretty good match. If you're doing Tyler if you're doing mid card shit, you should do you should pull out all the stops. Just who cares? I know? wasn't by no means. I was mad about. It. I was just like, oh what? I was like, oh how you gonna fuck over Wesley? I was like, okay, never mind. You fucking over Tyler Bay too. So you're just gonna be the asshole through this whole thing. Got it. So next week we have. You know, you know what I would do if I had the pencil. I would move Tyler Bate up to the main roster. 
I would beat him up. I would have him win about eight or nine matches in a row, and I'd have him challenge Gunther. Dude! Beats the uh, the honky tonk man, and I'd have him make him a star by beating Gunther. Man, I love that. I was going to say Sheamus would be the only other guy, and this is before you even said I'd love to see Tyler Bate versus Sheamus, too. Sheamus, because we were asking the question, who could beat Gunther? Um, Sheamus was the the guy that I thought about this week coming into it to be like, you know, this is a, you know, a suggestion, that even though they're on completely different shows. But I love the Tower Bait fucking fancy booking. It totally makes sense. That's right. The, the dots connect. You got fucking history. You know you can have a banger-ass match. You can have Gunther win it. You can have Gunther break the Honky Talks record and then immediately have Tyler Bate come up, snatch the title off of him. You make instant star. You move Gunther up. Everybody wins. Or Logan Paul cashes in on one of them. Uh, that's going to do it for our <laughs> <laughs> the Intercontinental? They did it last time for the U.S.? God, I hope they don't. I really hope they don't do that. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying, come on. Let's think. Big picture, Logan Paul, or in this case, I'm going L.A. Knight. I'll talk over this shit, goddammit. I'm going L.A. Knight. Yeah, I hit the wrong one. Just for the simple fact that that's going to be the Whoa, whoa, we got predictions next week. I'm I'm not changing my pick. I'm not changing my pick. Who knows? I mean, maybe L.A. Knight will. If he has a coronary, and at that point, I'll change my pick. Maybe he's going to try to see the Titanic in a submersible (laughs) or something. (laughs) We don't know. (laughs) See? Okay. Never mind. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice. No, actually, I ain't going to be nice. I've had a couple drinks, so I'm going to say my piece. See, that's some white people shit right there. That's some white people shit. A few of them weren't white. A few of them? Yeah, there were a couple Pakistanis on there. Oh, okay. So I that, think that would some, be a, that's some rich shit. Then I, I apologize. I'm just saying, like, you don't want to call a Pakistani a white guy. Okay, that's some rich shit. I just wanted to correct that's some rich people. You shit. know what? I'll take this, I'll take it out in post. How about uh, that? So uh, we got some predictions. So these are, and uh, Jason, I don't know if you saw what I did here or Vice, if you saw what I did here, but I pulled out. The prediction notebook. I don't. I don't know if you remember this, but I have a different notebook now. So we are gonna. We are keeping track of points here, <laughs> these days. Uh, so after the very large weekend that we had a few weekends ago, which was three pay per views in the same weekend, JCB is in the lead with twenty one points. Bill Vegi is in second with nineteen, and Three Beers Act is right behind them with eighteen. So. Let's do some forbidden door predictions. And I'm going to suspect that this is going to take a while. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start off with something easy. Uh, we got Athena versus Billy Starks in an Owen women's classic match. Owen classic women's match. Billy Starks is somebody who is very, very, very young. Kind of came onto the scene with a vengeance. Uh, her, her clips started going around. Twitter and it was like who's going to sign this person and nobody signed her it's like they didn't sign her because I think she was 17 at the time anyway she's 18 or 19 now got a, a big future in front of her but she's got an even, even bigger butt in front of her with Athena I'm going to take Athena <laughs> <laughs> since I'm the black man and like that likes big butts I'll go all kinds I'll go next um, I agree with that I'll go with Athena Billy Starks has done GCW obviously AEW done uh, jo- uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. So, I mean, she's 
obviously been around the block and around the world. A name to watch down the line, but right now it's Athena. Uh, Zach, who you got? Yeah, I like Zoe Starks, even though I often get her mixed up with Zoe Starks just in my mind because of the name. But uh, not that they're similar at all. No. But uh, <laughs> I, so I'm going Athena. Okay, and Vice, you picked up the mic. Did did you pick up the mic? Do you want to take a guess? Do you want? Nope, no predictions. Okay, we're gonna put Vice down for Billy Starks. <laughs> Billy Starks is also eighteen years old. Like she shouldn't be one of. Right. Yes. So uh, next up. Okay. So. Well, let's go down to the bottom here. We got Adam Cole, baby, versus Filthy Tom Lawler. Did not know this match was happening until I looked at Wikipedia today. I don't know when they announced it. Who I do think you it ha- happens on Rampage. I think there's a, I think there's a oh, on Rampage. Oh, my bad. Well, yeah, I looked at Wikipedia. Sorry, everybody. Spoiler alert. Uh, Zach, who do you got? Adam Cole, baby, or Filthy Tom Lawler? Oh, it's Adam Cole. That's going to be a good match. Um, it's something that might end up on, like, the Zero Hour. Um, but, uh, or could end up on the Zero Hour. I mean, that's something that would be easily helped sell a pay-per-view. Yes, easily. Um, I am also going to go Adam Cole. I guess that I could see a scenario where MJF gets, it's not on Zero Hour. MJF gets involved in this. Adam Cole gets involved in the Tanahashi match, but I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going to take Adam Cole. I agree. Um, I like the Filthy Tom Lawler match, even though I haven't, we obviously haven't seen it. I was spoiled on this angle yesterday, so I kind of knew that this was coming up. I'd like to see the angle to see how we connect the dots between Adam Cole, Filthy Tom, and possibly MJF. Neither here nor there. Match is set. I'll take Adam Cole, baby. Tom Lawler is a very fun wrestler if you've never watched him. is he, He's not in the G1 this year, is he? No, unfortunately That's pretty not. pretty fucking weird. Um, but he's a pretty fun wrestler if you've never seen him because he comes from a, a UFC slash MMA background. He's a total badass. but First New Japan Strong Champion. Also has that... Kurt Angle streak in him where he he really gets pro wrestling yeah. and doesn't mind healing it up in funny ways with his jean shorts and he rips off his jean shorts and he's got more jean shorts underneath it like he's he's, he's a really funny dude that's a great gimmick yeah I, now that you said that Tom Long is not in the G1 I'm starting to get a little upset yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to get a little itchy it's pretty fucking weird actually because he was in it last year when and he, they had, and I thought he did really well and yeah he did been a nice, you know nice little you know thanks for you know playing there, come on back plus there's gotta be guys with two or four points in there that can just provide entertaining matches that take L's, but, you know, I'm not worried about the G1, actually. Uh, so we have Tony Storm versus Willow Nightingale in a match not for Willow Nightingale's New Japan Strong belt, but for Tony Storm's AEW belt. This is a tough one for me because I feel like Willow Nightingale is really somebody they should get behind. They could... Tony Storm is not... this. This championship is not setting anybody on fire. And it's just kind of a, okay, so now Tony Storm has it. Like, we figured Tony Storm would have it. Where's the story? Where's the saga? I need a saga. It's songs for the deaf. You can't even hear it. I'm taking Willow Nightingale. There's got to be a belt that changes hands on this. There's got to be a belt that changes hands on this 
pay-per-view at some time. But then, hold on a second. Nobody else has gone yet. I forgot that Willow Nightingale is also in the tournament for the Owen, and it wouldn't make sense for her to walk around with that. Fuck that. I'm taking Tony Storm. You done? I changed it before anybody else guessed. You done? Yeah, go ahead, Jason. No, I'll let Zach go next. Are you going Willow Nightingale, you motherfucker? I don't know. Am I? <laughs> you taking Zach? <laughs> <laughs> are you taking Zach Pullman? I'm going Tony Storm uh, simply for uh, the ease of the political process. I think it is a good time for them to focus on Willow Nightingale because he had this accidental title win. But she's going to obviously have to face Mercedes whenever she comes back. There would be inherent like political complications if like. Willow was the AW Women's Champion that she's losing in the Owen Hart Tournament or winning, and then she's got like another accolade. Um, just a lot of, a lot of like kind of logistical nightmare scenarios, political as well. So uh, I think it's just easier to have Tony Storm. Maybe Tony Storm uh, wins by cheating and Willow gets her shot down the line. But I'm going with Tony. Um, as much as I'm a huge Willow Nightingale fan. You know, happy to see her win the New Japan Strong Women's title. I think, and I was having this conversation on Twitter this afternoon, I think a lot of people fail to remember that that was supposed to be Mercedes Monet winning that. She's lost to Jade. She's lost to Athena. Not saying that these are bad losses. She's looked good in these matches. But ultimately, I think this is who Will Nightingale is under the Tony Khan regime. Good, not great. I'll let you get built to a certain point, but other guys, other girls will get over. In this case, I'm taking Tony Storm. No way in the world that, that this would make sense that Tony Storm drops it to Will Nightingale. If if she does, great. I just will be stunned if it happens. I'll go this far. It was my Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. Did uh, did my reasoning make any sense at all? I mean... You got there eventually. <laughs> it, it makes sense. I just... I, if anybody's running around here with two belts, it's Tony Storm versus Will Nightingale. All right, I'm not going to, I'm not going to belabor this point. Punk versus Kojima, I'm taking Punk. It would be, <laughs> this is my Stone Cold Let Pipe Lock of the Week. Uh, who you got, Zach? Yeah, that's a safe bet. I'll take Punk as well. Okay, uh, we'll put. Bow down for Kojima. That's crazy, Bo. Wow, man. No, actually, no, Kojima won the Kojima won the GAC heavyweight title. So I mean, you know, there's a, there's an argument to that shit. He ain't too far off. Okay, so Triple we Crown have champion. the Blackpool Combat Club, including Shota Umino. Also, a podcast I listened to this week called him Shota Umino. And I was like, eh, that's not how you pronounce it, but Stop. you can tell who the fuck watches New Japan. Stop. Fucking snobs. Stop. Um, <laughs> I'm still having a hard time pronouncing that P word that uh, I was going to remind me to talk to you about that before we get off the air, Zach. Probation. Later on. Pterodactyl? No, not the other P word. <laughs> <laughs> Both said probation, and he said pterodactyl. <laughs> About to say probation? No, that word. Been there, done that. <laughs> Pretty funny, guys. Uh, the the elite and the elite with uh, Tomohiro Ishii. 
whom I love, who is a big fave on this podcast. Everybody loves him. And uh, Eddie Kingston. So, do you have the Blackpool Combat Club or the Elite? Jason, go ahead. Woo! Go on, go on, Lord. Um, who should benefit over this is the question I would hard for me to see as much as who should benefit it, it should be Blackpool Combat Club. You know, you got little brother Will Yuta, uh, Takeshita, making his real first big-time pay-per-view for AEW performance. And then, obviously, you have the elite with Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii. I can see a lot of stuff happening. I'm just going to stick to my gut. I'm, I'm thinking BCC. I'm going to stick to it, even though the elite – Probably should win it to give it like an even Steven feel. I just think the BCC with, especially when you have uh, Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii on the other side, it's two guys that easily could be pinned and get yourselves over versus the one guy on uh, the BCC side. Sorry, little brother, well, Will you to? It would make sense. It would feel right if he took the pin. So yeah, I'm gonna take BCC on this. Zach, who you got? I'm going to go with the Elite uh, just because I'm expecting a rubber match because this is literally their biggest stars. And it's like, uh, it's the biggest stars they've really kind of ever had in the company kind of uh, outside of, you know, punk, uh, but just like grouped together, like going at each other. Um, so they're going to they're gonna milk this one for another another. I'm going to take the elite and I'm going to go a step further and say that it's going to be Eddie Kingston that pins Claudio for this because Claudio pinned Eddie for the ROH belt and this would be a way of him getting his win back and then maybe forcing, hey, you owe me another match because I pinned you at Forbidden Door. So my call is the elite. Uh, Next up, we have La Suzuki Gods. Terrible name. Just terrible name. Like, who named you guys? Keith Lee? What the fuck? <laughs> How Keith Lee taking straight bullets out here, man? We ain't talking about Keith Lee all pod long, and now you bringing up Keith Lee. Well, I heard they were going to have Scorpio Sky try to tag with Swerve Strickland because they're both black guys, and they asked Keith Lee what he would name him. He said, I don't know, uh, Swerve Sky? Scorpio Strickland? Get the Who fuck knows? Out Could be anything. Get the fuck out of here. Could be I anything. Hate right now. I hate you right now. <laughs> uh, I'll go first here. I'm going to take Sting, Darby Allen, and TBA. There's, you know, there's just no reason for the Suzuki gods to win this match. So I, I'm going to just write down baby faces here. Uh, who you got, Jason? I agree with you. Um, TBA might not even be uh, Shingo. Uh, Shingo makes more sense because you would, uh, like like we said beforehand, it would be a throwback to what they did last year. But La Suzuki Gods, thank you, is a fucking incredible name. I laughed as soon as Jericho said it. But ultimately, I think Sammy Guevara is the wild card. I could easily see him. You know, chucking the deuce and leaving Jericho and Suzuki for their own devices. So, yes, I will take dudes with attitudes. <laughs> dudes with attitudes. <laughs> I did look it up. They were dudes with attitudes. Uh, who do you have, Zach? 
Uh, I got news with attitudes. Uh, it's Sting. Sting has not lost in AEW. He will not lose until he retires. I think that I think we're getting the Sting Jericho at Wembley, and I think that that makes sense. It makes a ton That's of sense. That's fantastic. That fantastic it, it, it makes match. it makes sense yeah. for when you don't use Sting a lot and you bring him out when you really need to. You want to pack Wembley. Jericho and and Sting have already kind of crossed paths. You know, not even wrestling. We've seen it the last couple weeks. We'll see I, it on Sunday, and then Wembley will be the. Uh, I really thought capital. Sting and Darby were like outstanding Wednesday night when Sting was like, now he's cussing at me. Now he's cussing underneath his breath. Now he's cussing at me. I thought I thought they were fucking awesome. I guess, like I said, this is the place to tell Zach, you were right the whole time. I was always anti Sting. I was always anti Darby. Now I'm into him. So mark the date. Mark the date. Uh, There we go. Okay. Uh, So, episode three thirteen. We only have we only have bangers left. So, what we're gonna do now is we're gonna talk about this four way match. I don't know if you can call it a fatal four way or if that's just a WWE thing, but we're having a four way match. Why can't you? I think they have. We do what we want to around here. Oh no, I know we do. I just don't know if they call them fatal four way. Doesn't matter. We do what we want to. Well, I also don't call double or nothing a PLE. I don't call nothing a PLE. They don't fucking pay me. I'm a journalist. That's right. I deal in facts. The fact is, this is a four way match where Orange Cassidy does not have to be pinned to lose the belt. So. It's a fatal four-way match between Zack Sabre Jr., Shibata, Orange Cassidy, and Daniel Garcia. We're going to go least to most here, and I will go first so as not to be perverted by your uh, predictions. (laughs) I'm going to go Daniel Garcia last, even though I like Daniel Garcia. No reason there. I am going to go Shibata second to last. I think that... You know what? No. I'm going Orange Cassidy here. No, you know what? No, I'm going Shibata here. So I'm putting Shibata second to least to win. Then I'm going Orange Cassidy, and then I'm going to take Zack Sabre Jr. And I think that we get a rematch at Wembley between Zack Sabre Jr. and Orange Cassidy, a one-on-one match for the Intercontinental belt. Zack Sabre Jr. walking into Wembley Stadium with the NJPW TV title and the AEW Intercontinental belt as a Brit sounds super big league and so i'm taking zach saber jr as my most likely zach you go next please man i feel like um i was on the fence with the zach saber pick and then i feel like you almost talked me into it um i think uh i might go opposite though i'm gonna go with shibata's last daniel garcia second to last and I'm going to go Zach Saber, second most, and I'm going to bet on Orange Cassidy. And I love your reasoning, uh, but I think they will have that one-on-one match. But I think it'd be even more impactful if Zach Saber won the belt in Wembley. Big pop. Love it. What do you think? Or what do you think, Jason? Look, um, actually, I'm gonna go with two beer on this one. I'll go Shibata last. He's got a pure. He's got the pure. Are you going the exact same? I'm sorry. Are you going to the exact same as him? Yes. Because I just wrote his picks down in your column, 
and then I just crossed them out so I could write down your picks. Nope. But I didn't have to do it at all. God. Not at all. Damn um, it. Shibata is protected. He'll be pure champion out of this. Daniel Garcia <clears throat> is going to hopefully get, uh, you know, some more shine, a little more love. Um, everybody that, that watches AEW know who Dan Garcia is. So, you know, just him being in this match, I think, is the uh, the win for him. And then from that point, you you know, to me, it's a coin flip. Zack Sabre is one of the best in the world. And you have the most protected, most over best uh, best booked champion that they have in Orange Cassidy. It's going to be hard for me to see Tony Khan. I would say Zack Sabre Jr. Nod. is also a really well-booked champion. Not nearly as long as Orange Cassidy. And I think that's where I'm leaning towards Orange Cassidy. One, ZSJ two, Daniel Garcia three, Shibata four. All right. Uh, okay, so now we have the four big ones. And I think that that's ma- I think that that last match we talked about is big, but these are the four big ones. These are the four one-on-one matches. I'm interested to see where these matches fall on the card. But we'll start off with Sonata versus Jungle Boy. Zach, why don't you tell me the problem that you had with the way that I talked about Jungle Boy last week? I think the people want to hear it. Oh, what's funny is I didn't have a problem with it. I just thought it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> I didn't necessarily... Uh, disagree. And for those who weren't on our uh, text message service, only a few people, I just pretended to be Bill and uh, like Tony Khan, where Tony Khan's like, please buy Forbidden Door on pay-per-view live on Sunday. And Bill's like, uh, Jungle Boy looks like he dips with Big Luke Chew. <laughs> and like, I think I went on to say a few other things. But the main um, thing is uh, I do think that even though the setup was lame um, and the build is lame, I think this fits. I think it fits for Sonata's title reign because he has like been challenging, or he's been challenged by up and comers, Yoda Suji, um, and then of course Aromu, who's you know as an up and comer in the heavyweight division at the very least. That's you, Zach. See ya. They were never going to be very high on the card. Uh, so that is uh, just kind of like how it shakes out. And uh, it'll be good for Jungle Boy. be good for Sonata. I'm, I'm kind of pro this match. Okay, I, I feel like I have to respond to that. Um, like, uh, yeah, I'm pro this match also. Are you? Yeah, I mean, the match itself, yes, I'm pro the match. Okay. I think it is beneath the NJPW champion to be facing Jungle Boy because the thought of Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, being NJPW heavyweight champion, it's pretty hard to believe. It diminishes the title. It's not David Arquette, but it's David Arquette-esque. Oh. What the fuck? Hang on, man. Jesus fucking Christ. God damn. Whoa. 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 I mean, look, I know you like to put some good content around here and make some shit. You know, make motherfuckers, you know, make what? What the motherfucker just say? Rewind that shit. What did he just say? You're going to cause accidents in the middle of the intersection. Look, man. I usually fix it in post, though. Look, look, man. There is no way on God's green earth you can put David Arquette and Jungle Boy in the same sentence 
and and be realistic about it. I'm not going to sit up and say Jungle Boy is going to win this title. Oh, you know he ain't going to win this title. A joke I wanted to tell right there it was so mean about Jungle Boy, and I'm no, not going to do it. Go no, ahead, man. Go ahead, it. man. You basically ran David Arquette's dad wasn't famous. Wow. <laughs> Look at you. Uh, so he, he got another Jungle Boy. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> I, hope you the, I hope he wins the you AEW mother, championship. Why do you made me say I, it? I, I hope he wins the AEW you championship. You made me say I it. Hope I, I hope we are on this podcast long enough to see that day. Because now, actually, this is the only reason I want to see this match is because ultimately I, really I think this is going to go to Jungle Boy flipping heel. That is worse. And I think that is worse than when I... Encouraged everybody to assassinate the sitting son. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just been a long time since I Jedi mind trick you. I got Sonata. You did. That was Adam Cole, baby, <laughs> shit <laughs> over MJF. Are I was like, I'll take the fucking match. On the balcony during this match? <laughs> yes. No, I'm not. No, I will not be taking. I will not be smoking a cigarette on the balcony. No, I was going to say, that's only me, man. I, I'm the only guy that's got principles around. <laughs> yeah, but principles? Yeah, right, damn it. Right, uh, yeah. What did I say? I, I'll say I wasn't gonna watch. Yeah, okay. Did I watch? No. Who's the guy that, that boycotted two hundred five live? This guy right here. All right. So this is not a wrestling show. This is a wrestling podcast. So we don't have to have a popcorn match. So I'm saving the two big ones for the end. I'm gonna. We're gonna talk about MJF and Tanahashi. Now I just said there is zero percent chance that Jungle Boy walks out as IWGP champion. I believe that. What is the percentage oh, yeah. chance? that Tanahashi walks out as AEW champion. And you can tell me 0%. You can tell me 100. I want to know from each of you. I'm going to write down mine right now. The percentage chance that Tanahashi walks out AEW champion. You want me to tell you now? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, as I'm writing it down. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Jason was... Ignoring it, it's great. No, I'm, I'm closing my eyes, motherfucker. So that way, it's not even <laughs> no tainted. And I'm looking away. All right, uh, I want you guys both to say at the same time what your percentage is uh, on, on the th- count of three, not three and. I got this on right. three. Yep. Both of you guys say your number. You ready, two beer? Yep. One, one, two, two three. Twenty-five percent. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. I'm giving Tanahashi more credit than you. God damn, man. What the fuck? I said I said 14. <laughs> you split the difference. I did. You got and I, I had that written before. You said 25 yeah. and Zach said seven. Is yeah. that right? Seven is probably more realistic, but I'm giving Tanahashi the credit as uh Well the thing is past. if the thing is if it happens, the answer was hundred percent. Right. You know. So uh all right, so I am not going to pick Tanahashi. I'm going to pick MJF. I don't know how they're going to do it, but it's not going to be clean. I don't know how they're going to do it. But no, it, it's, I don't want it to be clean, honestly. I don't want it. Tanahashi's past the point of protecting him. He's a, he's a legend. The fact that he's going to be in Toronto, everybody should appreciate that shit and milk that joker in, let him have a good-ass match and take the L. Yeah, I mean, his knees are made out of spider webs these days, but, man, he is still the ace. So I am going to call it for MJF, but I'm really looking forward to this because they're both very psychological wrestlers, and I think they're going to have a hell of a fun storytelling match. I didn't think Tanahashi Moxley last year was going to be very very good, and that turned out to be one of the better matches in the card. I expect the same right here. 
All right. So we all have MJF. Now we get to the two big ones. So I'm going to ask another question here with a little poll. Which of these matches are you looking forward to the most? Um, I already have mine marked down. And I want... I trust you guys to uh, to be honest. So, Zach, which one are you looking forward to more? Man, uh, it is very tough because so far, like, the current match of the year for me is Omega Osprey. Um, but the fact that I've never seen Okada Danielson. I feel like it gives me the edge up as far as anticipation because I just don't know what to expect. Jason, same. I, I will not waver. I'm Osprey and Omega are going to go a third round. This is a one-time thing that could happen a second time, and it may not. They both asked for it. They're going to make it happen on Sunday. To me, it's Omega. I'm sorry. It's uh, Okada and Danielson, hands down. So what match do you think is going to headline? I, what do you are? If main I'm event, not main mistaken, event. I thought they said it last night that Okada Danielson was going to be the main event. Yeah, they, okay. they said it a few times. I agree with that. All Once right. again, we'll you're take- going to see Omega Osprey a third time somewhere down the line. This is a one, as far as I'm concerned, it ain't John Cena and The Rock once in a lifetime. This is really once in a lifetime. We all have the same then, so we're going to predict that last. Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. Jason, who you got? I got Will Ospreay. It's it's a bill to get Kenny Omega back if he needs to come back to uh, New Japan, but this has to be Will Ospreay. It makes – it's a huge build. It's going to be an amazing match. I'm not asking for this match to be better than the first. I'm just asking for this to be the return of the uh, – I'm sorry, the Empire Strikes Back in the, uh, the trilogy of the first three Star Wars. Zach, who do you have? I have Omega. Uh, I think the story here. Yes. (laughs) I think the story here, the story of the first match was Omega just fully outclassing Osprey and just taking the majority of the offense of the match and just really just beat them fucking silly uh, for the majority of the match. I think Osprey comes a little closer this time. I think it's more evenly matched. There might even be some fuckery where Omega like has to pull out like some, some cheating, even though you know people really like him, he's still kind of on you know. In in New Japan, he's kind of like heelish. Um, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I think Osprey comes a little bit closer. Um, and then I think this is going to be the big British bulldog moment. I talked about Zack Saber Jr. earlier, but I think this is the big British bulldog moment for Wembley. Will Osprey, if you're talking. The modern British wrestler, uh, the modern British star, and the opportunity to make an absolute superstar uh, worldwide, you know, with the largest audience in in Europe and in many, many years, um, you have the opportunity right here um, to have him overcome this Mm. obstacle that he's not been able to do. So I think that's the story. Um, So this is going to be the second. Uh, he's going to get a little closer, but it's still going to be Omega. I think everybody agrees that's going to be the second. Uh, Zach almost talked me into that there, but uh, I'm not going to let it happen. Jason, you had your arm raised. What's going on? Make your pick first. Uh, my pick is Will Ospreay. I was thinking almost the exact same way as Zach. Like, because the first one was such a, I mean, it was basically the longest, best squash in the history of wrestling. It was a squash. It was like a 26-minute squash. It fucking ruled, though, right? 
My match of the year so far also, even though Titan versus Bastardado at the end of the battle, Super Juniors, that's up there for me. I love that hey, match. Hey, hey, I ain't mad at you, dog. <laughs> I love that match. That was a good-ass match. But, um, like, when do I ever book shit? I mean, I was thinking the exact same way that Zach does, but when do I ever book shit that's right? So what you have to kind of do is predict something, and then throw it in the trash and predict something else. So I was thinking the same thing. Like, why would Kenny Omega just all of a sudden lose to Will Ospreay after he so outclassed him at Wrestle Kingdom? The reason is, is because it makes sense. He Then they have their trilogy, their rubber match at Wembley Stadium. I'm taking I, Will Ospreay. I Even though I, I, I like Zach's pick better, I just have to be... No, I that, can't change it after listening to him. No, I, the only question that I was going to have fair. was... Couldn't you have that fair. same big pop and have Will Ospreay be the champion coming in? I mean, he could retain and still have no, that that's big what, pop. No, that's why I said I like Zach's pick better because in Zach's – you know what? We should also say this, that what could happen is a draw where they have Jesus like a draw between Ospreay and Kenny Omega, and then you have Ospreay go over at Wembley. So what I'd like to do now is introduce a new rule oh, where if you're the first person go. to mention the draw – you can put draw as a bonus on your picks and get an extra two points if it happens. <laughs> I Man, thought we about draw, but New Japan time limits are 60, and I was wondering if they would be able to fit 60 because you Thank know that you. Okada and Osprey, or I'm sorry, you know that Okada and uh, Danielson are going to get like 25, 30. Um, if they could make it work, which they might be able to, um, it would be phenomenal. That, that would be the best case scenario. Maybe they, maybe they knock each other out or something. Double KO, double count. Uh, come on. Either way, I still think Omega's the win. The way we pick, it's whoever is leaving with the belt. Yes. Whoever yeah. whoever whoever's leaves leaving with, with the, the belt. belt. Yeah, even if it's some sort of weird disqualification, if Omega leaves with the belt, you get the point. Okay, and then finally... All right, so I was uh, I was trying to temper my excitement for this match <laughs> a couple weeks ago, and Got Zach was very sympathetic. You were not, Mm-mm. but, and I was like, you know, we're just holding up to the standards. Got to be match of the year or else it's not going to be anything. But I'll tell you what, when you think about the crowd at Forbidden Door, you are talking about a rabid wrestling crowd. You are not getting the mom taking the bus in with her two kids to go see Matt Riddle or some shit. Like you are talking about neck beards, guys that look like me, guys that look like Jason, with their children. <laughs> Whoa, hey, 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 easy, big fella. Who look like Hook. <laughs> Whoa, why my kids got to look like Hook? What the fuck? He's just so young. I'm talking about this, this is a rabid wrestling crowd, and that rabid wrestling crowd is going to be electric for this match. This match, it is, I don't even want to put this out there, but it would be impossible to... To be bad, right? I mean, if Brian Danielson is getting my one of my three favorite matches of the year this year, which was the Iron Man match versus MJF, if he's getting matches like that out of MJF, what the fuck are him and Okada going to do? That being said, we're trying to pick who's going to win. I'm taking Okada. I don't think there's any reason for Danielson to win. I think Danielson understands that he is on the back end of his career and Okada still has ways to go and plus there has to be some kind of political game between these two it is an AEW event 
So you expect AEW dudes to go over. Same time, I think that Tony Khan is enough of a student of the game and has enough respect for Brian Danielson where Danielson says, I'm not going over Okada right now. I'm taking Okada. Jason. Unless they wrestle for it again at Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> 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 and then it all, it, it all this shit makes it absolutely no uh, fucking uh, difference or relevance at all. I'll just say this. I'm glad you finally came around. Um, it took you a little bit, but I'm glad you're on board. All that being said, I agree with you. With what? That your your excitement level is now picked up. Oh, yes. Yes, I am excited. You should be excited. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm okay? excited. I'm not sure if this is going to happen Can't again. think of a single match in a long time that has been this. There, I mean, there's something around this. It's like you want to watch it. When I was at last year's Forbidden Door and I heard the, the, dro- the drop of the coin and seeing everybody, including myself, just get up and see Okada come out and just chant his name and just see the fucking vibe. That's why I agree with you about the Forbidden Door main event, and this should be kind of the main event. It's, it's no disrespect to MJF or anybody else. This is what we came to see. He'll be fine. He'll definitely you can, be you fine. You disrespect him. That being said, He's not as good. <laughs> I, I have high expectations for this. It's going to be – it should be a match of the year candidate unless somebody gets hurt like you saw last year with uh, Adam Cole, baby, get hurt. I'm taking Okada. I'm, I can't – I agree with you. It, it would be – it would be a little – and I, ain't gonna, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. It would be a little weird to see Brian Danielson – beat Okada and I know and I know it just the the history and all the things that Danielson has done I get it breach but this is Okada's moment bring him back to the G1 and we build from there for this match if it's a one-time shot deal Danielson's been there and this is the time to where we talked about Jay White being introduced basically, to the masses. Basically, time to, ever, since I, to the masses. ever since I started watching New Japan, which is about the same time as you guys did, this has been the dream match. This has been the one. Zach, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think Danielson is happily going to uh, do the job here. Uh, if you remember, like, the end of Danielson's, like, WWE run, he was just laying down for everybody, like, on purpose. Like you just, they were just like Brian. You have to like win some matches sometime. It's like no, fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> you, you don't I'm care. I'm everybody over before I leave. <laughs> and uh, one of the chances really he taps out to the money clip. Oh, zero. Zach. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go right now. Zero. <laughs> zero. Kazuka, I'm gonna do you this solid. I'm gonna get this move over. Um, so. <laughs> we say, what the fuck? He tapped out. I mean, Daniels is the only one that could do it. Nah, man. I would look. That arm better be like hanging on, like the the Danielson last would do that. He would do that. <laughs> no, I thought, I thought it's definitely never gonna get over because if Shingo didn't get it over, remember when Shingo has like his eyes all bugged out and he like. <laughs> Yeah. Like passed out. And I was Thank like, you. oh my God. I was like, Shingo, yeah. you got the money. You look like Tim Curry at the end of Clue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. That's amazing. Great call. And like the very, probably the very next night, uh, we've got to put it on Yoshihashi like 11 times and the Yoshihashi didn't tap out. So things not getting over. Yeah. Um, but, uh, 
that's a, the pay-per-view. It's just this match, right? I was on record saying with Double or Nothing, um, I spent 50 bucks on it, and I was like, I was fine, but, like, I kind of wish that I wouldn't have done that. It was the first time I ever wished that I wouldn't have spent the money on an AEW pay-per-view. It wasn't really worth $50 to me. It's not an inconsiderable amount of money in my life. And right. uh, I would pay $150 just to watch this match. <laughs> I want to see I mean, this that's match. A, that's really about where bad. we're at. Yeah. You ain't saying nothing to me. All right. I say, what, what double Don't I need to work Tony again? So, Don't tell Tony Khan. Out of our right. predictions, there's 11 matches. Seven of them we have the same. I'm going to go over the ones that we don't have the same, just so we know. Uh, for Blackpool Combat Club and the Elite, Zach and Bill both have the Elite. Jason has the Blackpool Combat Club. Four. Wrong on that. Uh, Orange Cassidy. So every every one of us had Shibata or Daniel Garcia in the lowest two. Bill has Zach Sabre Jr. winning. Jason and Zach have Orange Cassidy. I have Will Ospreay. Jason has Will Ospreay. Zach has Omega. If it ends with a draw, Bill gets an extra two points. And then finally, there was... Hey, hang on, man. Hang on. How you going to retroactively give yourself two points? Well, we haven't even said that was a rule to begin with. I told you you should have called it. Man, go, you can't I do can't. any rules, shirt brother. There are no more rules. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, all right, so Bill's already got two points. I want you to promise me a million times that you'll never do another rule. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, looking forward to this pay-per-view very much so. That's going to do it for our three count. One, two, three. Uh, do you guys have anything else outside the ring? Um... Not that I can think of off the top of my head. That's, yeah, everything's getting ready to come up. Uh, NXT Go Rush 2 next week. Obviously, Corbin and uh, Carmelo Hayes. Obviously, I'll, I'll go first. I'll take Carmelo. Who you got? I'll take, I'll take Baron Corbin. Stratton versus uh, Thea Hale. Stratton. Ditto. Uh, I don't think we have, do we have a tag team title match? Uh, I think so. Alberto Carrillo. I, I no, know. the uh, uh, no, Anofi and um, oh, Blade. Oh, yeah, they're fighting Gallus. Yes, that's right. Yeah. You got? Gallus. Ditto. All right, we're good. All right, uh, so that's going to do for odds and ends. This is banned from ringside. Hey, everybody. We got some birthdays this week. We have Earthquake. Jason? Canadian. <laughs> I'm taking this safe way out. You said All draw. Right, See, I hold to the I hold the draw until I really need it. <laughs> He's dead though, right, Zach? Yeah, Johnson's dead. Okay, sixty. He would have been sixty. Brandy I Rhodes, forty. Uh, Billy Kay, remember her? Hope she's doing well down in Australia. Actually, I think she's. Did she? Is, did she get pregnant? It's one or the other. Just, just recently announced. <laughs> no idea, dude. Pregnant. I didn't get a text. Peyton, Peyton Royce. <laughs> oh, you ain't shit. You ain't Peyton Ro- shit. Oh, Peyton Royce. That's Ty Dillinger's girl. Uh, no, I, I, Billy she Kay just is had a, the kid. I think Billy, Billy Kay, I think, is the one just announced she was pregnant. I could be Billy wrong. Billy Kay's the most popular bartender at some <laughs> Melbourne-like country club or something. God damn, you ain't shit. <laughs> I, I would tip her. J.J. Uh, Dillon would have been 81 or is 81. Is 81. Uh, Mark Jindrak. This is a tough week. <laughs> Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to do that. Mad Striker's still alive. I- He's 49. Heidenreich 
What's Heidenreich's claim to fame? Do you know this, Zach? You might not have been watching. Michael Cole? Yep. That's right. I only He's, know because of the meme. I wasn't watching. He sexually assaulted Michael travel. Cole one week. God damn. And Michael Cole was the butt of the joke. All <laughs> 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 right. And one. Hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast for Tender Mahal, Jack. for Murray the Murray Man Murray, Jack. for Lucha Chris, Jack. for Patriot Pat, for Jack. Bo Vice Geesman, for Edna May Vagy. At the end, for Reba the Dog, Jack. for Millie the Cat, Jack. for Xander the Cat, Jack. for Jason's Two Cats, Billy and Lucifer. Uh, Black Lives Matter. Uh, tip your bartenders. Check. Tip support your local weed dealers. Check. Push I'm Bill Vegi. That's Jason Cornelius <laughs> Bell. That's Zach Pullman and Boo the Heels. Boo, Boo. bitch. <laughs> Man, I waited too long.